This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. You're listening to the Piper Carter Podcast on the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. You are listening to Piper Carter and our token millennial. What's up, Brittany? Piper, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. So excited. <laughs> we have some wonderful guests here today. I know. Yeah, guess who's back? <laughs> Kier Worthy. <laughs> In the building. And guess who he brought? Mommy Dearest. He brought the matron of all matrons, his mom, Mrs. Francis Worthy. Well, hello there. <laughs> you, see, you, you were just supposed to give her an individual identity. Well, <laughs> yes. As one of my brothers says, I am now the matriarch of the family. Okay. Nice. okay. That's wonderful. Like Cleopatra, maybe. Kandane. <laughs> what do you call him? Kandake. Kandake. Okay. Okay. Is that it? This is wonderful. I'm so excited. The queen mother. I'm excited yes, too. Yes, the queen mother. Isn't this cool? It is very cool. This yeah. is the first time we've had this pairing. Right? Really? Yeah. yeah. A generational oh, a first, pairing. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Generational guest. And it's Women's History Month. Yeah. Yay! Yes, exactly. So isn't this perfect? Yeah. Yeah. And we are coming off the heels of women in hip hop. Right. That's right. so much fun. And Gritty, Mrs. Man. Francis, once we get into, you know, her story, she is a woman of hip hop. Oh my God! Yeah, but so let's do the recap first. Of uh, so, what did you think about Sunday? And that's for that's for everyone in the room. Oh, it's an open question. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. It was uh, you did a, you Nina and all of your staff and assistants did a great job. Uh, very entertaining and captivating event. Uh, I, I I hope 
it met your goal because I think it was it was it was great for the people who attended. Oh my God! Keep going. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I really enjoyed it. Matter of fact, I kept wanting to starting to get up there and dance and do my little thing. But That's I wonderful. Said, I said no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But I was. I'm upset like that you that. weren't in the cipher. What's that about? <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing. She, she loves hip hop. Oh, you talking about me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I really don't rap like yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. not like that. Mm-hmm. No, I I like to uh, give everybody else support. See, I appreciate and I, and appreciate I really like to dance. Well, I, should, dance. I should. I really. It was a lot of good dancing. And music. she's a DJ. You're a DJ? Yeah, I've I've taken some DJ classes. I really have to really get on the. St- Wheels of steel. Hey, <laughs> what, did, what did you what did you think about the young lady who uh, was it cool to see a young lady back there DJing on Sunday? Did you see her? Matter of fact, she was in the same class I was. Was she? You mm-hmm. come by Hensel? Yes. yes. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. What? Wonderful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wonderful. A DJ class alumni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who were both of your favorite performers of the night? Well, mine was. Um, What's the name? Frankie P. Hey! Yeah, everybody loves Frankie. I, I agree. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then after that, I think, um, uh, what's it, Joy Tiffany? Yeah, 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 yeah Joy yeah, Tiffany. Yeah. Those two, I thought they were exceptional. And we can't leave out, we can't leave out the band. I guess right. the band. Oh yeah, the band, the, band, the band wasn't a separate act per se, but they were. So right. I, oh, they were I really good. I said the band first, of yeah. course, and mm. then. Yeah, Frankie. Frankie was a su- surprise. What do you guys like about Frankie? They called the surprise dark horse, so to speak. Mm-hmm. She, uh, um, she had a natural presence. Um, she had good she flow. Had, yeah, she had great flow. She's she's a talented rapper, mm-hmm. and who, had, mm-hmm. right. who who you can see you can see the improvements. Mm-hmm. I, I can I can see her escalating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I, she hadn't bottomed out yet. I could see her growing mm-hmm. and getting better. Mm-hmm. So that's always a good thing. I like the way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like the way she also moves, and she has a little thing, <laughs> and you know, she feels like she's really enjoying what she does. Mm-hmm. And then I like the fact how she gives uh, credit to other performers right. in mm-hmm. the in the audience. Mm-hmm. So now, if, you know, if there is a criticism, sorry, Frankie, uh, I wish she'd use more of the stage. Mm-hmm. I wish she'd stepped into the spotlight more. Okay. And uh, you know, you've got to you've got to feel comfortable enough to switch hands with the microphone. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's yeah. a good point. And uh, you know, can't do the tummy hold all night. You gotta you know, be. But she could be more expressive with her hands and mm-hmm. arms. You know, yeah. but okay. other, but but you like I said, you could tell she can grow. Mm-hmm. That she right. Hopefully, will grow. Yeah. And you know, she gets that down past. She, she'll be you know yeah. devastating. Right. I mean, for me, uh, the band that was really my first time being around a group of musicians, like mm-hmm. getting to know each other and getting 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 in rhythm and. Uh, because you, you came movie? to other rehearsals. Yeah. And uh, just to see women bond like that, <clears throat> mm-hmm. all those right. different big personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a lot big of big personalities. personalities. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard to tell that from the stage. <gasps> I mean, but, you know, musicians yeah. can be that. Musicians I mean, can the be pianist was a, a big personality. Yeah. Really? The bass was That's, a big the, personality. The, the pianist was, you know, Pamela Wise. Amazing, Kresge award-winning jazz okay, pianist. Okay. The drummer was a big personality. Aisha yeah. Ellis, she'll be our on, musical director. Girl. Hopefully, she'll be on next week. Shouts out! Yeah, shouts out! But yeah, I mean, man. the way they put their egos aside right. through mm-hmm. the rehearsals, through I mean, I've never I would have imagined that that much talent would be so humble. Every single artist, well, musician, well, I tell you what, person. If you, if you think that's something, you should see some like serious professional cats. Mm. 
to known people, mm. that ego makes it incredible. <laughs> mm, right. I, I can't. Yeah. No, I was thinking that each one of those women in the band would be very good just on their own as yes. a solo. Yeah. But then to come together and mesh everything mm-hmm. together, they was really good. Because right. Emily on the bass, Emily <clears throat> Rogers on bass. Right. And we had Sarah Rez on guitar. And we had Ashley Nelson on the violin. Yep. And Shout out Ashley. All very talented, amazing musicians, very adept, you know, and adaptable. And right. um, just phenomenal, you know, uh, talent, you know what I mean, that's able to articulate, you know, emotion mm-hmm. and, and, you know, just hard. And it's just... To, to be, uh, to be well, honest, the whole thought of it being all woman left. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it left me when I was at, you know, like the, the the first rehearsal, I was like, oh, my God, this is all women. Right. But then by the second rehearsal, I'm like, this is amazing. These are Detroiters. Mm-hmm. They, they're I mean, drinking that water. I don't, know, I, don't know, <laughs> right. I don't know if the women thing was such a big deal. Because, I mean, I mean, women have been out there, and I know some incredible, mm. phenomenal female musicians. So mm-hmm. that wasn't the big thing. I just for, for me, with any band... You want them to sound good together. Yes, you, want, yes. you want to be funky. They, you know, like they were funky gel. and they had pocket. You want mm-hmm, pocket. Mm-hmm. Especially like, for uh, hip hop. Yep. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you want that gumbo cooking. Yeah. But I'll tell you, uh, Book Brown, shout out to Book. Shout out to Book Brown. I've been listening to her she music for down. two days on YouTube. Great, right? I mean, I mean, I just, I, it's funny to me that I love hip hop to the, mm. to the last bone in my body. <laughs> and I feel embarrassed that I have not been. That tied to my own music in my own city. That's just embarrassing. Well, well it's not. It's not embarrassing, me. but you have to understand. That's the reason that we even do. You know, the, have our business. You know what I mean for women yeah. in hip hop because the structure. There's the there's the music industry, and then there's music as a business. You know what I mean, and those are like two different worlds you know what i mean you can be in mute in business as a musician yeah and and have a whole life and never have one song in the radio right. never have any sort of widespread recognition oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if you're in the industry <clears throat> you know what i'm saying that's another that the music industry is like a different animal so it's not really embarrassing that you don't know it's just that there's um she's not within what would you call it like that like the um the the uh what is that even called you know what I mean? There's like a pathway to like, you know, for you to see someone like a Cardi B right. or for you to be in a Grammy. or But you said, but you said yeah. something important. You said something important about mm-hmm. you could be a working, very talented working. Very talented working work, musician. And there are people out there. I mean, you have, like, have fans. Like, 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 like a Grateful Dead. Right. There's a group called Space Hard. Which like, How I mean, about De La Soul? Who have, who have, but De La was known. You know, De La had yeah, videos. Yeah, they, they had a minute. But I'm yeah. talking about there but are people out there who, who actually work right. consistently mm. as talent. Okay. Don't have a song on the radio. Afro man is one. Don't want to. Mm. Afro man. Afro man yeah. is one. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. tours Tech all nine. the time. Tech nine. Right, right. But Tech and nine. those are some of the bigger ones. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But still, that I think is gives imagery for those people who mm-hmm. who go that other layer under. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those are people that are still not a Jay Z. Well, uh, the they're not in the in in the industry of what we think of like the commercial. Yeah. You know, very limited industry that you know how long do you have a career the, thing, in the, the reason i like people like that and honestly honestly um you know frankie beverly and may's father they can't they don't they yeah. don't have a lot of product yeah but yeah. they stay touring. not new product they stay touring and the yeah. reason i like people like that because they actually entertain you they, they give do. you right. a show they That's do so true. They, they do. give you they a do. real they show do. and they something do. to buy into they do so oh, yeah so yeah bug i've been listening to her music alice 
I mean, everybody. Alice in Wonderland. Everybody. But Frankie, yeah. you know, Frankie, I like mm-hmm, Frankie mm-hmm. a lot. I, princess. Every, every, princess bringing the water on the stage. Right. Princess. <laughs> she set the tone. I she love did. that. It, 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 that, her whole presence set the tone. She got show. like a line that says something like, my mother, she, like like she does these deep lyrics, and but she does them so bubbly. Mm-hmm. And then when you sit back, you're like, wow, she says something about my mother is mm-hmm. dead to me, mm-hmm. or she might as well be, because we don't talk anymore. I'm like, no, whoa, my, my, that's no, some my, deep my, stuff no, right no. there. My line from her was that my son doesn't have the energy to chase his dreams. Right. I was like, okay, that's right. Right, because mm. he is his his lungs right, because of the are yeah, you right, know exactly. smothered in by, soot right exactly from you know marathon poisoning them. Fantastic line. Mm. She's got some lines in there, and yeah. if you just sit back and listen to like what she was saying, mm. it falls deep on you. Like wow, that's <clears throat> some dark stuff right there. But the way she sings, it's so cute and bubbly. Like oh <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have used the word cute and bubbly. I think it comes all, almost like she's nonchalant. Mm. Numb to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's not numb to it, but she's kind of resigned herself to it. It's kind of like nonchalant. Mm. But she wants to make the point, and she makes the point very, very well. She does, right? And on top of all of that, all of the women are just precious and sweet. Oh, my God. Their personalities, which usually... I really don't like to say this because as much as I love artists and musicians, a lot of times what you were talking about here, that ego Mm -hmm. is something terrible. And usually the more talented, the worse the ego. But all of those women, like super nice and kind and sweet and loving, and they were sharing the moments with one another and encouraging one another. Uh, the other amazing. thing I want to say about that too is shout out to Piranha. I had the opportunity to oh, meet Piranha him. Head. Mm-hmm. And to see the amount, it wasn't, again, back to your point here, that it wasn't, it never was a whole, this is a, it is, but it isn't. This is the women of hip hop. Because mm-hmm. to see the men there, not because they were supporting women, they were there supporting their peer musicians. Right. Yeah, that's, that was so right. dope. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That was just so yeah. dope to me. And it was so many of our male, you know, supporters that just Knox. came out. Sacramento Knox. And I mean, just everybody. They came out and they were like enjoying the show. They came out to support everybody. <laughs> and that's cool, too. Like, you know what I'm saying? That that that. Well, you know, they, I mean, built. honestly, they should have, you know, like, right? women support them all the time, even when they're whack. Yeah, so. true. <laughs> ding, ding, true. ding, 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 ding. You know, but <laughs> I'm going to bring up something and I'm going to go back in the day. Okay. <laughs> because it, it reminds me of something I was talking to uh, someone else back in the day who was back in the day not long ago. And I was saying that, you know, there was a time in Detroit that was kind of like a golden time because black men always supported black <clears throat> women. Mm. It was extraordinary Mm. Uh, you could be doing anything and the man was behind and she said you know it's true she said but I think that also and I I was mentioning that you don't see it too much now Mm. it's like this rivalry or this uh, dislike or this whatever between a lot of younger uh, black women and black men you know you don't Mm. get that that support yes Mm. and uh, they're not supporting each other and she said, you know, you're right. She said, but I think it had a lot to do with, and you were alluding to something earlier today by the time 
uh, we listened to the music and you talking about it was that period of time in Detroit before mm-hmm. the before pre-crack. The crack. <laughs> pre-crack. Mm-hmm. Right. And she, this woman mentioned somewhat the same thing. She said, you know, the time that I was mentioning was the time when uh, black men had great jobs, mm-hmm. you know, in the mm-hmm. factory or whatever. Mm-hmm. They worked, you know, that standard living was higher. People owned homes and this type of thing. Right. And then all of that kind of left. Mm-hmm. Reaganomics. And, and, and with, with that leaving, somehow, I guess men started being less supportive of the women. Mm. And that get got to be the competition between black women mm. and black men for things. So it's just really interesting that, you know, you you're that saying is. that now how yeah. black men are supporting when that's always been a tradition that's in wonderful. the black but, community. But, 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 I mean pre crack was there. I mean because because crack was devastating yeah. Not just from, uh, you know, economic level, it was devastating socially. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, it changed the morays of people and how they yeah. behaved That's and interacted with one another. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know. And Jay-Z talks about that mm-hmm. in uh, one of his songs where he talks about how, um, the you know, him and his friends were, you know, lost respect. For the grandmothers and, and the parents right, and things, because exactly. they were selling the drugs to them and the things that they would do, mm-hmm. you know, the Poor defacing it. acts that, 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 that these parents would do that made them not respect them. So, you know, that mixed with a whole bunch of other stuff. But, yeah, so I'm just really excited that we got a chance to, like, could I, shift that paradigm. Could I add, add <laughs> something else? to? And that gets mm-hmm. back to uh, what we were talking about earlier today, uh, how— uh, once African Americans get to a certain level economically, mm. where they seem to be on a par, where white folks can see, uh, perceive them to be on a par with them, mm. they've come in and they introduce things to break that down mm. again, to get them back so that white folks can always <coughs> feel that they're on top. Superior. Now, I know this is a podcast and they're going out and some people don't want to hear, it, but tough, this is the truth. We like it. <laughs> And uh, so they would do that. They would introduce things. Crack was deliberately introduced right. to help break down because, and especially in Detroit, the standard of living for African Americans was so high, mm. and it was on a it was on a level of white folks because you know working in the factory you got the same pay, and even if you wasn't in the factory, every other industry took their cue from the factory and paid the same level of money. And they were also paid the uh, comparable rate to someone that had a college degree. And they they only maybe had um, elementary school education. Right. But earlier and then maybe later high school education. It's interesting to me when I talk to people from other places, they talk Mm -hmm. about, you know, black folks in L.A. or Atlanta or New York. And I I say, you know, there is no place and never have been a place like Detroit for African-Americans because, one, we've had a standard of living for a longer length of time. We've had a higher standard of living. Mm -hmm. And so when white folks looked around and saw how well blacks were looking in living in Detroit, they began to... Bust the unions mm-hmm. because if you're not making the money, then you can't live on the same level as me. Mm-hmm. And see, in 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 the psychology of white folks, you have to understand we were brought over here as enslaved people, so they always considered us as property. Mm-hmm. So from their point of view, why should property own property? Mm. Why should you be on the level of me when I was 
over you to begin with. Mm. So anytime we begin to make that move and get on par with them, they have to come up with something to break it. So again, they broke the unions, which meant people weren't getting as much. And then it leads to people, because you're going to live and you eat, so you got to hustle to do something else. Mm-hmm. Then they come up with the subprime mortgage to get rid of the homes. Mm-hmm. You don't have that. And that's another basis of wealth. Mm. That we don't it, Right, that we don't understand. They been to, uh, begin to take away the school system because if you're not educated, you're not going to think on a different level. Shouts out to Highland Park, them tearing on that high school. Right. So you, you got all these things coming up to break that wealth and that economic growth. And a lot of times we don't realize that, you know, and we begin to fault ourselves for certain things without looking at why this thing has been done. And it's always to keep you at a level where you are not in competition with them mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. on the same level. Can I bring up two important points about, about people working at the factories and coming north? Two things. One, the vast majority of people, black folks that came in these areas, Chicago, Detroit, whatever, came up from the south. Right. So they were more conscious and frugal with their money. Mm, yeah. So the money they got was so much greater than they were getting before. They handled it much better. Mm. Did more with it. Mm. Yeah. You know, investment. They bought property. Right. They bought they bought things that had value. They traveled. Own businesses. They, right. Right. Own business. Created businesses. The mm-hmm. second thing was that because of their background and where they came from. They had an emphasis on education for their children. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, that next generation of, of, of kids that came from these, these set of people right. were very, we were very competitive ed- educationally. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was a sense of excellence. Even in like maybe the, the, the lowest ranked schools, mm-hmm. cats were still trying to get at it yeah. because of their parents. Mm-hmm. And those sort of things got lost and yeah. decimated with the whole crack era. Right. That, that's a good, very good point, Kier. And going back to the education, uh, blacks in Detroit also did a lot of traveling to Africa. We traveled internationally. This is true. Uh, and we brought back the culture and everything. So uh, that was another reason why we've always been more uh, pan-Africanist oriented. Right. But the other part of the education was the school system all had arts and music in them. Mm. And that was tremendous so because true. because... We produced all these people. People don't realize that if you are proficient in music, then you know every other science and everything else. You can do math. You can do science. You Research can do your focus. Exactly. And we were introducing. <clears throat> when you look at the, the, the level of proficiency of people who came out of these schools with music, not necessarily always going into music as a profession or in industry, but that foundation was there Mm. and they had that. And uh, you had uh, pianos and other instruments in every family home nearly. Mm -hmm. So that went out, you know, so it, it, it created something. And I remember reading something about uh, Thelonious Monk. And he visited, happened to visit somebody in Detroit, and he said he was just blown away because he went in. You know, first of all, people had their own home, 
And then they had a piano in the house, mm-hmm. and you know, in, the, in a different room. And he said in his little room in, in New York, this piano was right up near the, the, at the door, you know. And it just it was blew, the whole room, probably. right? And it just blew in mind, you know, that you you just it's come funny. and play. It's you know? funny you say that. My boyfriend, he's from Grand Rapids, and the first time he came here, I knew what I was doing. I uh, I was like, I gotta stop by Home Depot on Seven Mile. You mind going with me? He said, No. Nah. And I watched him as we in the store, and he looking, his head is turning. He's a mute, basically. He doesn't talk much. His head is turning and looking. I said, what's wrong? He said, I ain't never seen as many black people before. It's black people working in a store. In Grand Rapids? No, Detroit. He Detroit. He oh, Detroit. No, I'm saying he's from Grand Rapids and mm-hmm. said that? Right. Yeah. Wow. He said, I've never seen nothing like this before in my life. That wow. was the beauty of Detroit. He said they working in the store, they mm-hmm. shopping in the store. Mm. Well, yeah, it's normal to us. Right. <laughs> That's true. Right. You know, I never, and I never, re- I mean, again, I knew he, people from, some people from inside of Michigan, black people, Flint, Saginaw, they love Detroiters because of that, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I knew a little, knew that that was going to shock him, but I still, it still didn't resonate with me until after it happened that this is not normal for <clears throat> a lot of people. To be able to to live amongst their people. Mm-hmm. Right. For it to be a numb thing where we're like, what was the big deal? We're black people. Exactly. Well, the difference, wow. the difference is it's not just living amongst your people. It's living amongst the varied caliber of people. It's not True. just kind of one-dimensional. You've got black yeah. folks from every economic strata here. Mm-hmm. And you're able to see it visibly. Yeah. So, you know, when I was able to go other places, it, nothing was really, it, you know, as, a, as the French say, non plus. I was not really phased by it because... Mm-hmm. I saw people doing, you know, you saw everything. from the bum mm-hmm. up to the, company, the head of everything, CEO, yeah. yeah, from you know attorneys, judges, yeah, plumbers, mechanics, right. yeah. the, the gamut, mm-hmm. and that you don't see every place. People either kind of like, yo, you know, we here in the hood, son, and it's that, mm-hmm. or it's you know, it's one uh, or two little sprinkles, yes, yeah. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. you know, Harlem, it's a, Chicago, it's a, right, some more upper echelon situation, parts of mm-hmm. LA, yeah. maybe, you know what I'm saying, parts of you know, pockets. Pocket City, so DC, deep, 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 Mississippi, and not mm-hmm. and that's not the DC and the DC, uh, the DC of Jackson. old, not the DC now. You right, know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was Chocolate City. It's now like Cafe Ole City. Right, <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> um, before we get too lost, yeah, yeah. The film. What did y'all think of the film? The twenty five minutes. Did back? you guys get to see the film? No, okay. no, okay, no. So I can talk about it. Okay, yeah, so we had some CP time going on. Um, it's all good. My favorite parts of the film it was, a long event. was Lauren. Uh, Lauren J. Yes, Lauren J. Shout out to her. She's gonna be on a mixtape. Yes, yes. Um, Mama Soul. Right. Wasn't wasn't Mama Soul incredible? As she has these little girls in the background mm-hmm. that are getting ready to perform or do something. And yeah. As she's talking, somebody comes in. And like, Shh, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? Like it was powerful. She was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Nina set the tone of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Nina Payne. That was powerful. I mm-hmm. loved it. If it, it blended. Um, so the way that it was set up, it just, you, you know, did you see it from the top? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the way it was set up, uh, guys was, was like the first part of it, the show, the show started with Piper's film and it, right. you know, it wasn't like, okay, when is this going to be over yet? I'm just brutally <laughs> honest. It wasn't, I didn't get that feeling. You know what I mean? Like I, and I have Piper's best interest. So I, I'm so be thinking some stuff it. like, dang, like I'm looking at other people. I'm feeling it my, as a, as a consumer, not as right, being, you had a critical Piper, eye. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. A real critical eye. Cause I want to tell her and it, I didn't get that feeling. I don't think anybody else got that feeling. The, the, you know, those moments where, you know, people should laugh. Mm. They were laughing. I laughed. Um, I saw the Detroit uh, news. They got, a lot of what they said from watching the film, 
You know what I mean? So well, I heard I heard people talking about it. And yeah, it was all favorable people. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you know, good. And they, and they weren't necessarily in, shot, in, in earshot of you. So they weren't trying to just jock. Right? You yeah, because I was backstage. <laughs> I, I watched it from the back. Yeah. It was it was um, it was powerful. I think my my one of my friends, the the girl who introduced me to my boyfriend, she's from Grand Rapids, but mm-hmm. originally from Saginaw. She drove down. And she feels the same way. She was like, I, one, have never even been inside this museum. So she walked in. She was oh, floored wow, from the beginning. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, so it's, it's then, an impressive venue. Yeah. And so then she's inside and she like, I never just seen black women coming out to an event on a Sunday for hip hop. She never t- t- seen t- t- it. T- that was a church. <laughs> she never <laughs> seen it. It was a church, damn it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So <laughs> I, I could, from where I was filming, I could see her and I could just see her like just being like, wow. Like she's super mm. into hip hop. She loves hip hop. She's, oh, great. She's got, got, a, got a great vibe. And yeah. for her, it was like, wow. Mm, that's so, great. That's, that, that's cool. Uh, so people were saying that they want to see the film. So I got to find a way to like show it again. I'm still be working on it for at least a couple years. So, um, but I want to get into like their stories. Oh, but gotta shout out Nina Payne again. Just one last shout time. Out Nina. Bring bring the pain. Yeah, she <laughs> did a phenomenal job organizing and um, and Charles Farrell, um, vice president of public programs from um, Charles H. Wright Museum. Sorry, bro. That brought us. And um, hopefully will bring us back. <laughs> and um, yeah, and and everyone that bought tickets, you know, yeah. just really appreciated that everyone, you know, purchased a ticket and um, you know, very impressive. And it was the as the news said, it was pretty packed. People sold merchandise. Now, I missed the news story. You got to put me up a news story. Um, yesterday. Okay. Was it yesterday or the it day was, before yesterday? It came out yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday okay. right? Very cool. Uh, they the Detroit up, News. They uplifted it wow. in a sense that uh, was it was it on the cover? Was it McCollum? Who, who uh, it's hard story? to tell because I got sent tell. the I got sent the article. It okay. looks like it was on the cover though, wow. so it's hard to tell. But yeah, they they uplifted the fact that they uplifted a few things. <clears throat> they uplifted the fact that time was being taken mm-hmm. out to appreciate women in hip hop yeah. that oh, it was okay. needed that it's just it's it, that women are too a part of hip hop for it not to happen oh good the second yeah, thing find that story. and mm-hmm. then the second thing they they, they loved is they they love to sit down with Rebecca and yes shouts out to um Dr. Kelly Hay and, and Rebecca Faruja. they loved they literally quoted uh enjoying hip hop without being a colonizer yeah. So the paper, the guy, whoever wrote that story, loved that mm-hmm. that part because mm-hmm. it's the elephant in the room, like Piper right. said. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. And we and we we had a great talk with them, and they were so authentic. And um, you kind of were you were giving me Oprah vibes during that. Hilarious. It was good though. Like okay. you were like in the crowd, and the crowd was laughing, and like, it was, I was like, <laughs> well, oh. I was trying to make a um, very. I, I wanted people to take their research seriously. That's number one. Yeah. But also, too, I wanted to show that, you know, that I wanted them to show their authenticity. And I feel that, you know, a lot of times when you have, like, these, like, very serious, like, academic people, if you get, like, super, super serious, I think sometimes, you know, people's attention span kind of, you know what I mean, like, wanes. So, um you know, I just wanted to keep it light, but I, you know, and and also show that they're human, and 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 show the show that we actually have a relationship. You know what I mean? Because right, that not, could be hard so to you, come you across. Do interact. Yeah. yeah, like if I just say it, but I want to kind of show it. So you know, that's why I brought up a couple of like you know touchy jokes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like the whole uh, it came out. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. it was. 
That was pretty cool. And then we did a tribute to Mama Lila. That was beautiful. Mama Lila Cabell. Right. We opened Ashe. with a tribute. Ashe. Okay. That's dope. Oh, Mama Lila. Can I'm I, so glad I got a chance to meet her. You about got a them. chance to meet her. That's crazy. And talk to her. That's crazy. Yeah. She she changed mm. she changed my perspective on things the moment that I met her. We were out here. Piper was she was telling Piper, giving Piper some advice. <laughs> Piper's like, you gotta meet Mama, you gotta meet Mama Lila. I'm like, all right. And she just sat in her car. Wait a minute, the, I, hold up. Here's, oh, here, you were there too. Right here's that's the ironic part. The last mm-hmm. time I was here, mm-hmm. <laughs> we were outside in the rain. That's mm-hmm. That's so right. Because she was, she was, she was, she was very rah rah about the Flint water situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had a meeting about that. And yeah. yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's very because she's one of the activists. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. You know, been working on that and Detroit water crisis. So it's it's interesting that you bring her up because she's the sister of someone that I know pretty well, <coughs> mm. and uh, we're going to be giving uh, for oh, yeah, International yeah. Women's Month and Women's Day. We always give the women creating caring communities, mm. and we have all these women come. And Lila would always come to that. Mm-hmm. So this year mm-hmm. she's not going to be there. And it's uh, March 9th, and it's her going home day, the March yeah. the 9th. So it's yeah. like, it, it's really interesting how mm. things mm-hmm. come about. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm sure you guys are going to do something something for her, something like. I know mm-hmm. they will, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's, um, let's thing, find, oh, yeah, about your show. Uh, Which one? What's that? No, the, the show. One. Yeah, every, every, like, great performance. Okay. My only thing, from Uh-oh. just a strictly artist perspective. Yes, yes. I, I wish everyone would kind of. And it's not even a, a be glam thing. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Or that's, I wish people thought uh, the, the ladies had a little bit more showmanship and thought in terms of I need an individual identity. Okay. Great performers, great mm-hmm, performances, mm-hmm. but something distinctive. Okay. To set each one of them up. You know, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. A, a marked look, a marked persona that Got it. you can go back to all the time. Mm hmm, mm hmm. That was that was the only thing that might have been lacking across the board. Mm, okay, okay. Everybody's kind of humble. <laughs> well, no, not humble. With their I mean, appearance, it, I'm saying. Well, no, so much as humble. I, I, that that's not the thing. You could it's not a dress down, a dress up sort of situation. But it was okay. something that says, you know, we we come from the home of some of the world's greatest showmen and show women. Yeah. And they did that with the you talent. Know, they 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 mm-hmm. they gave your persona. Whether it was the the Vandellas or the Dramatics or the mm-hmm. Four Tops, you got that showmanship, and that was missing. Okay, okay. So they need showmanship. And a bit of that polish, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what you're going to be asking us, but this is one of the things that I was here, and, and perhaps this is going back again, showing my age. But uh, talking about women in hip-hop, I think women in hip-hop have to recognize that they don't have to try to be acting like men in hip hop, they can be women. Mm, in right, they can. They, they can, can be like all they can, types of. They can be female in hip hop without mm-hmm. trying to be male in hip hop. Right. Mm-hmm. And the and the other side is you don't have to be nasty and vulgar. Yeah. and show everything. You can be right in the middle. Yeah, or you can be whatever. Or you can you be are. whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wait. So now we got to get into y'all. What y'all do and your history and things you've done and all that so can okay. we please start well no Kier came here to tell us his erica badu story <laughs> but uh but before we do that, do that. right funny. but before we do that i wanted mama francis to tell us because i wanted Brittany to hear it out of mama francis mouth herself who you used to manage that i used to manage mm-hmm 
Oh, I used to manage. Uh, first of all, let me just go back and say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over there like, I like, I like to tell everybody that I used to work for my son <laughs> because uh, he's actually started uh, this promo marketing company called Hotwex. Uh, promotions in in Austin, Texas. Mm. So I worked with him. Uh, worked with him, and then when he left to go take over with uh, uh, Warner Brother, Electra, 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 and then Warner Brother, I ran the company. So uh, <laughs> so cool. When when uh, he also left, he had before he left, he had started working with this young rap group, and then I took over management of the group. So they were called the Garden. And uh, even people like to now talk about all this diversity and multicultural. They were an interesting group because uh, yeah. they were made up of African-American, two young African-American men, uh, one white fellow man, and uh, two Latinos, right? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was two Latinos. Right, right. One was a, a woman, actually, but she left. No, she came in after uh, when they decided that they wanted to add another person, so they didn't want to add a woman. So she was a Latino woman, also. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it was it was a really good experience. They were they were very very talented. So uh, believe it or not, they kind of they kind of legendary on the Austin scene. The Austin, okay. the people talk about them still. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And one of them uh, went on. He's uh, a stunt man now yeah, out in buddy, California. His name is buddy so sad. Right. And he's been on, he went to the Survivors. Bundy's on a ton of show. Buddy is actually now the stunt coordinator and stunt and safety coordinator for uh, Raven's current show, Raven Simone's show. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And then one of the other went on to win uh, a DJ uh, national contest, I think. Mm-hmm. David, and he also was a computer consultant. These guys are right, right. going to be pretty talented in other areas after they stop yeah. rapping. So that, that was a really interesting mm. thing, uh, managing them. What was the most interesting thing? Uh, actually, they were very talented. They didn't mind listening to things. They would just come over to the condo and just lay around on the floor talking and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess they were very comfortable with me, you know, <laughs> whatever. And they talk about it. They they were willing to take uh, things, and they were just really. They were really, they're really almost like a hip hop sign the Family Stone. Okay, yeah. They, the were very- they had they kind of had that whole. Their thing was about. You know, they were really friends. They mm-hmm. really hung out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really kind of respected each other's ways and cultures and so forth. And it, it came out in the music. They, had, mm-hmm. they, they were dope, though. They were mm-hmm. dope. And matter of fact, that's why they call themselves the garden, because they say everything different, but all different vegetables mm-hmm. and things Rose grow in the, in the garden. garden. Right. So that's, that's why they name. That's a cool name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so they were they were really, really good. Uh, we took them up to New, I took them up to New York because Kier was there then. And took them around uh, to the different studios and uh, to photographers. They got their photos and all that stuff done and, you know, kind of shopped the record. So it was good. But then they, uh, I think they just kind of disbanded on their own, you know. You know, it's always tough to keep a group together. Personalities. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. Personalities. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. But that was a good experience and I enjoyed it. And then while I was there, other, uh, I did uh, quite a few uh, forums and talking at different uh, shows and mediums and things. And so when I would go out, people, you know, run up to me and ask me, oh, uh, would you would you mind managing me? I'd like to have a manager and everything. Would you mind managing me? And I said, well, yeah. I said, but uh, I have some criteria. I said, uh, you cannot have any misogynist lyrics. 
because mm-hmm. I'm not interested in handling anybody that does that. I'm not interested in anybody to use a lot of profanity because, quite frankly, my feelings get hurt around folks using profanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and if you don't want to learn the business, I don't want to be bothered with you. So right away, that eliminate a lot of people. That's like yeah. 50% or more Because <laughs> 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 they don't want to do any of the three. That remind my friends. They say any of the mm-hmm. Instagram memes and they're like, uh, you know, they'd be like, uh, name somebody that got all three. <laughs> you know they, 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 yeah. they just never be thinking. <clears throat> so it, it would be interesting. So uh, yeah, it, it was it was a really interesting. There's a few fact. things she's leaving out prior to prior to taking over Hot Wax when I left. Um, she went on the road briefly with us. Went out. Well, yeah, that, a lot. That's what she was. I was out, yeah, I was out with yeah. Sir a lot, and she right. did the merchandise. Right. You know who Sir Mix a lot is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. This is and this is pre baby got back. <laughs> Baby yeah. had no back. Matter of fact, there was no baby yet. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it was interesting because uh, we would get on the road. Uh, uh, Kira would run a car, and we'd get on the road and go to the different uh, radio stations, college stations, and all this, and we would be trying. And uh, he would be having the, the, the rap music pumping out of the radio. And it was interesting <laughs> because... Uh, <laughs> Before he left Detroit and everything, he would be in the house listening to all this stuff. And I'd come in, I said, What are you listening to? What is that stuff? And he was like, He'd go over, Mom, this is going to be big. And I said, Mm hmm, yeah, sure. He said, But, Mom. And then I have to say, I've always uh, felt Kier knew what he was doing and everything. I've always had a great respect for him. So I said, Well, you know. He doesn't do any stupid stuff, you know, mm-hmm, and if he mm-hmm. likes, then maybe I need to check listen. it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. check it out and everything. And I did, and I found out I liked it. What did you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you like about it at first? Rap. Uh, I think I'm a lyrics person. Okay. So the one who spit the lyrics is the one I like. And then when he paid me public enemy, it's like, oh, oh <laughs> yes, my mind is gone. I just love public enemy. <laughs> so it, it, it was. Shout know, out to Professor Griffin, Chuck D. Right, yeah. So that was a really good. Uh, oh, and by the way, speaking of them, we got a gold record as uh Hot West promotion because Platinum. we actually promoted that. Mm. So, so when they got their gold record, we got a gold record. That's Wonderful. So cool. record, platinum record. They sold a million copies. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, Wonderful. Right. Wonderful. And, so they- and, and, and hope no one's feelings are hurt, but mm-hmm. actually, my mom was my Dukes before there was my Dukes. Okay. <laughs> when she got to, first, first, she got called up by Flavor Flav. Okay. Way back. And then yeah. when she came up to New York, Chuck Chill Out, Special Can Teddy Ted. Wow. <laughs> well, this is all like, if you guys don't yeah. know, for he- the young people. Heavy D. Yeah, yeah. She, oh, she, R.I.P. Heavy got, D comes up to the, me. KRS One. She got the Madu. She got the Madu's moniker very early on. Yeah. She's probably one of the other one of the only mothers around. Hip-hop this is all like hip hop, like. Yeah, you know, Heavy D comes up to me at the, in the studio. He said, hi, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. Uh, I'm Heavy D. I said, yeah, I know who you are. He said, okay, fine. He <laughs> said, you know what? I'm going to marry Dream Hampton. I said, wow. <laughs> I said, I goes, oh, okay. <laughs> I wonder, so, does Dream so, know that? Yeah, I told her that story. Okay. She just laughed. You know, oh. So it's funny. And then KRS-One, he came up and talked. There's some other 
other songs and everything. So it's mm-hmm. good. And then what is it? Uh, when we were down in uh, Austin still, uh, they came through uh, doing the show. I think they were for, for Run DMC. But anyway, what is it? Uh, uh, Red, uh, what's, what's the name? Red Alert? Red Alert or one of them. Was Red. But DJ? No, no, no. It was one of the rappers. Red but Man. I, no, that's, that that could have been it. Red Man. But, but he, I was backstage and everything. He came off the stage rapping. I said, hey, hi. And I don't know how he came up and everything. I said, you like too? He said, hell no, I ain't Latino. <laughs> <laughs> that might be Red Man. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Do you have footage of her? That's hilarious. Any footage of her? Do we have any footage? You know, the, uh, sadly, this is like pre. Sadly. No, no. Here's a here's a very. I'm sad. taking I photo, taking video of everything. I, I did. No, no, no. I did. Here's, I did. here's a very sad story. But here's I just a... want to see. I just I can vision it. No, we, we had wanna... we had some footage, some photos. But here's a very sad story. We we were the victim of an extremely unscrupulous unscrupulous storage spot in oh, Austin, Texas man. that sold off everybody's stuff. Oh, and no. and the even the attorney that they had kind of was at the same address, same premises. I'm like, come on, this is some old Oh, so he was involved. Some old Texas two step oh, hokey Lord. pokey BS. So But I, I like, asked because I I mean that imagery I'm getting by just envisioning it in my head, like I, I don't know, this is amazing. Like, I, just to see you in the spaces, to see, you know, mm-hmm. you have a very uh, calm, settling spirit that would just, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like you are very alert. You're very mm-hmm. in the moment type mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, She's been pretty well liked by most of the artists and most of my friends. They they adopt her and mm-hmm. forget about me. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you something. I wanted to ask you something. So what did you. I'm I'm assuming that you like rap music. There's certain pockets of it that you like, but before that, what what did you listen to? What was your what was your music when before you before he said this is the new stuff? What were you listening to? What were the artists you were you were really into? Everything because I I, I love jazz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we always had jazz playing. Yeah. I love opera. Okay. Uh, always playing that. Uh, Latin music. So I, I just really love all different See, types of I music. I could probably tell you what she likes more than she can tell you what she likes because I got cues from all that stuff. Okay. <laughs> Fela, Leontine Price, um, You know Coltrane, what? I, I actually worked Miles. on a shoot with her before, Leontine Price. Right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah she... Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. A photographer that oh, I worked great. for, I did the lighting. It was for Vanity Fair. Really? Okay. Did, we did like a four-day shoot. Oh, I'm nice, going to look for the nice. photos. I, I have I was to. Blown away. I have to grab your right. hands and everything. You got a lovely and team price. I mean, Jose Feliciano, <laughs> oh. Stevie Wonder, um, just Joe Joe Williams. Um, I love that Jose Feliciano weather report, that, uh, modern jazz quartet, weather report, e- e- even the Midas Sparrow. Yo, oh, yeah, definitely Sparrow. Sparrow. Yes, yeah. yes, so yes. what what did, what did you feel like the first time you heard a rap song that had a sample in it? <clears throat> I've always felt this way. I know when it first came out, people saying, you know, they don't like it because people are sampling and everything. And my thing was everybody samples mm. because if they, <laughs> they if they went up behind and uh, do like a cover, cover and everything, that's mm-hmm. really sampling. Well, frankly, and, when the first rap people, records that came out weren't samples because they didn't have samplers at the time. Right. So the first, the very first rap records had live musicians. 
Mm-hmm. All the Sugar Hill stuff were live musicians. Like Conga. And that spread it to, you know, Run DMC, Houdini. That was all drum, straight drum machine stuff. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Larry Smith, who made all those great tracks that we listened to. But nobody had samplers yet. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the sample rate, and people couldn't afford them. They were yeah. expensive as hell starting off. Yeah, yeah. So for the first at least five years or so of hip-hop, there were no samples, really. Mm. But did you feel like they were doing a good job of merging those sounds that you originally liked, that you held on to? Personally, you know, I've always given a lot of credit to young people because I thought it was just ingenious and genius to be able to do what they mm-hmm. were doing, you know, integrating this thing. And I thought it was like a continuation because mm-hmm. a lot of the songs that they had, it had to be songs <laughs> that they heard from their parents and was to be integrated mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. So, so I just think it was just a lot of creativity and mm-hmm. genius involved in it. And it was another way, you know, uh, music, we talked about that, had been taken out of the school. People were right. not playing instruments because they couldn't afford them or they hadn't been taught how to play them. But they came up with something to replace that or mm-hmm. in place of. And they still created something that was just tremendous. So I mm-hmm. just I just said, I thought it was, you know, genius. I thought it was really something great. Mm. Yes. That's so powerful. Yes. So, Kier, you came up here to tell us this Erica Badu story. No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, came, I came to, you know, come back again, have a more lengthy conversation with mm-hmm. you, as, as we talked about before. Spill it. And, I'm just and, <laughs> and, you know, uh, celebrate Women's History Month. Yeah. Which is something, which is something you know, we, we always did and do. We have an organization that I think you met my partner, Corlin, before. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man, Corlin Hankins, in New York, holding That's it down. Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a uh, thing that we called Project X, which got originated in Detroit when he came to visit. He was so enamored with Detroit. Mm. Um, and you guys came over to 5E at the time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we wa- we read the Charles Wright mm-hmm. and watching a documentary, actually. And he's like, you know, we got to do something creative that combines the creative and the financial. Because he comes from the financial sector, from like Chemical Bank, Citibank, mm-hmm. um, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, mm-hmm. and he was just leaving those institutions at the time. And wanted to try and mail the two because he also produces and has a boutique label called Mantic in New York. Mm-hmm. So that's how Project X came about. And what we did, the biggest one, of the biggest tenets for Project X was to <clears throat> bring back the feminine energy into hip hop mm. because it's been it's it's suffered and has been suffering because it's been lacking that. Mm. You know, there's there's no yin to the yang. It's, mm-hmm. it's knucklehead central, it's hardhead central, it's nothing but dudes. Even though most of the guys are rapping to become famous, to get with women, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were driving the women out of the genre. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we started doing the event Project X, which was bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to really infuse feminine energy back into it. Mm. And out, out of that cropped uh, an annual event we did during Women's History Month mm. called The Power of Feminine Energy. Mm. Where we did nothing but spotlight and in fact, uh our second year of doing it, mahogany came back Wonderful. and and you know mahogany they, Jones they debuted, Shots out mahogany. They, right they debuted her album at the time mm. um, which album was it uh it was joy so not joy um come on, help me out here wait, what year is this her second album, I guess the second one she did here, not the bring back the soul no, 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 no. It was either before or So it's twenty twelve? No, 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 no. This is like twenty fourteen, maybe. 14, oh, 15, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Somewhere okay. around there. So yeah, so 
Great event. She'll tell you it was a fantastic event. Mm-hmm. All all female performers, etc. So it's like Blue Collar Logic and those songs. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, so we did so we did that and so we've always been accustomed to celebrating Women's History Month. Right. With black women. Right. <laughs> because that's what we want to celebrate. Right. So uh, you know, in light of that, we always kinda of did something. Even though unfortunately we're not doing something this year, we're kind of in a transition. Mm-hmm. Uh we have we have created a, a Hip hop super pack. Okay, what is this? This sounds wonderful. On the political side, mm-hmm. what, yeah. sure a lot of you, if you don't know what a pack is, a pack is a political action committee. Right. Super PACs, you've probably heard about the word being bandied about in political circles because they are the ones who fund a lot of politicians, i.e., Orange Man, etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, you know, a super PAC allows you to raise money and not necessarily directly fund a candidate. Mm-hmm. But you can support and fund all the ancillary things around a candidate, uh, positions, issues, etc. Mm-hmm. So we wanted something that spoke to the hip hop community, mm-hmm. and so this was this was our idea behind it to, mm. to be able to to fund issues and situations that are germane to the hip hop nations. So right, right, right. So that's that's what we've embarked upon. Very nice. That's great. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of exciting actually. You know, we got we got the the clearance because you actually have to get sanctioned by mm-hmm. um, the board that handles political action committees. Mm-hmm. We were pretty exhilarated when we got that information. They said, "Yeah, okay, you can actually have one." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, "Yes, okay." Check mark. Get, get us in the game. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> You see how he avoided the Erica Badu thing now? No, 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 no avoidance at all. In fact, okay, in fact, in fact, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> well, you know, Erica is such a, is a such a beloved figure amongst women globally, yes. mm-hmm. and represents women to the fullest all the time. Yes, yes, yes. Very, very happy to have been a part of start of her career and so forth. Um, actually, shopped Erica's demo. Wow, isn't that amazing? To, uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was very interesting. Okay, you gotta tell us about this process. <laughs> okay, well, so she makes her record. No, no, no. She didn't make a record. It was a demo. Okay, it was a okay. demo. Erica was. How many there. songs? Pretty much most of the first album was her demo. So everything on on and on. Yeah, I think there were about two, maybe three songs that she did for the album. But everything, I think maybe a couple two tunes didn't make the cut. But the album. Was her demo? So she was doing stuff like you know, like buying clothes over there, on, on, on over there, on shoot full and, and Fulton Ave, and doing the performances she, not, not, over you, there. She wasn't there yet. She, she was in, wasn't. She was in Dallas, Texas. Oh, she was still in Texas. And this, and this leads into the story. So okay. she's, she's in Dallas. Uh, I'm up. I'm up in New York shopping a demo to people that I peers. What year I, is this? That I thought that I respected and thought highly of their opinion. Mm-hmm. Knew they would get this. I'm like, this is a slam dunk. Yeah, it's so bad. It's, it's done deal. Mm-hmm. Guys were like looking at me like I had three heads. Did they tell you why? They were like, "Oh man, yeah, it's dope, but I, I don't know what to do with it." What do you mean? I'm like, that's what I. That's my. That was my response. What do you mean? Why don't you know what to do with this? Was it like one of those things that was just too I'm dope? Like, it's yeah. It yeah. was different, different at the well, time. I also, mind you, her you, image and everything was different. And this, and this was my issue with the music business during mm-hmm. that period. Mm-hmm. You have people who didn't know or love music, mm. so they did not business know what to do with it. Minded people, no, they thought they were business minded. A lot of these guys didn't know jack. Mm-hmm. They'd say it, but so it was like okay, and I'm and I'm safe. This was too avant garde, too forward, too adventurous for me to do something with. Right. Plus I her need, look, right? Like she didn't have yeah, the I whole like, people, typical R and B. 
kind of, you know, look. She had like a unique look. And well, no, 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 well, no, 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 no. They no, didn't no. see her. He just shot right, her. Right, right. Oh, no okay, one saw okay, her. Okay. No one okay. saw her. This is just the music. It was at just the, the time. music. Just the music. Just the sound. Just the vibe. Like, you know, she was oh, right. No, she was. She was no, sounding no. like. She was sounding like new era Billie Holiday. Right. You know? mm-hmm. And cast not being musical. It was all about finding somebody who sounded like so and so. What's the so and so that they wanted? You think which so and so? Mind you, well, this, this, this is mid nineties. This is mid nineties. Mm. So you know, nobody nobody's really trying to jump out there with anything, right? So I'm I'm frustrated as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 you know, fortunately, a brother, Kadar Massenberg, prop yep. to Kadar, shouts out to Kadar, signed her to his you know upstart fledgling label, mm-hmm. and that's how it happened. You know, it got a bigger deal, but the people at major labels who should have had it, yeah. You know, there's one person I always give props to, and I got to give him his props, a brother named Claude Mitchell. Okay. Claude Mitchell was doing A&R, was A&R for pub, a, uh, Polygram Publishing at the okay. time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Claude is now ESPN, great guy, great talent, great ears. And, you know, he liked it, he didn't, but he, he's one of the only people who came to me later after it took off, after the listening party and the launch. He's like, man, I slept on that. Mm-hmm. You brought it to me. And I slept on it. I'm like, you know what? I got to give you props for fessing up to that. Mm-hmm. And because everybody that passed was, of course, at the listening party, at the oh yeah, man, you know they all on yeah, it now, yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, oh yeah, how down you were, how much you knew you, you, you were so in the forefront. Why didn't you sign it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Erica came up to do a meeting with Sony. Okay. Still kind of CBS. You're still shopping it at this point. Yeah, we were still still in the shopping mm-hmm. process. So we did a meeting over at uh, <clears throat> over at Sony. <laughs> now, let me just ask a question for the listeners. What's your role as the person shopping it so that people understand? Uh, my role was I was friends with the then manager. Uh, like I say, things hadn't really formed. He was uh, yep. a brother named Tim mm-hmm. out of Dallas. Really great guy. Um, so... I had been in the business already, of course. Had been mm-hmm. working the various doing labels. promotions, right? Doing promotions and marketing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I had contacts. He knew. He's like, "Well, look, if you can get to somebody, let's, you know, let's make it happen." Yeah. So I went to, like, say, my colleagues and peers, and like, "Hey, this is the joint. This right. is it right here." So you're acting as a, just so that people know what this this title would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know there's a title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, acting as a a liaison, an agent, right? So to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because you want to have someone who's got insider knowledge or an insider position. Yeah. Because most of the times you're going to get out there and be like knocking on doors. And, and they're going to be like, no. You're going to be this far <laughs> from the person who can make a decision. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're yeah. going to be like layers away. Mm-hmm. So I could actually see the people who can make a decision. Exactly. Say yes or no, sign a check, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So she comes up to New York and she looks like your average librarian or school teacher. You mean like just regular, regular hair everyday. up, mm-hmm. hair up, glasses, mm-hmm. like who is this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, attractive, you know, you know, Erica had gorgeous big eyes, but mm-hmm. they're behind some glasses, mm-hmm. and she was real. You know, prim. And that reminds me of the episode <laughs> of the Cosby Show with Theo's math teacher. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. That's what she was like. Okay. Or if you've ever seen a classic Bogart movie called The Big Sleep. Right. <laughs> Where Bogart goes into this bookstore mm-hmm. and the chick in the bookstore is looking real straight laced. Yeah. And it starts raining. He gets caught in the bookstore and she 
pulls out a bottle from behind the bar, lets your hair down. He's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> so Erica's looking like that. She's real quiet, mm-hmm. real up, real straight, you know, sitting straight up. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like, this is the person who's doing it. It was a, different because you hadn't seen her look like that. I had never seen her. Oh. This is my first time meeting her. We, we had that never seen hilarious. her face to face. Oh, wow. Hmm? So their sound was that. Yeah, right, right, right. So we never seen those face to face. So I'm like, who is this librarian sitting here? So <laughs> there's a very popular night, which you know about in New York, called, uh, it was a Tuesday night, uh, Cafe Wa. Yeah. The open mic at Cafe Wa. Yeah. Which is a legendary spot. It's where spot. people get discovered. Right. It's a legendary mm-hmm. spot down in the okay. village. Yeah. And it's WC. amazing. That's what I, I, I modeled my open mic after that. Really? After the Wa? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew the band at the Wa. <laughs> cool. I, I knew the band at the Wa, and I knew the leader at the Wa. So I said, look, I'm going to bring somebody down tonight. You know, they're like, okay, you know, bring it down to the prime, we get her up. Mm-hmm. So we get down to the wire, I get a pretty good seat. You know, it's, you know, it's mad tight in the wire, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. They got to like side Speak easy. Walk. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, two drink minimum, <laughs> sitting, you know, somebody sitting in your lap damn near. Mm-hmm. So we get to the wire, chilling, and I'm like, yo, you know, got my, my guest here. Can you mm-hmm. get her up? They're like, no problem, no problem, right? So wait, wait. She dressed like a librarian? Like straight up like okay. a librarian. Okay. I'm, I'm serious. The hair is up. Mm-hmm. You're like, I mean, you don't expect anything. Right. So they bring her up on stage. You know, they're like, your name is Erica, 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 right? Was she Badu at the time? Yes, she was, she was doing the Badu thing. Okay. It was, it was, it was no, it was it, the, on the title, her yeah. title at mm-hmm. the time, it was Erica Be Free. Oh, okay. Because it was Erica and her man Born Free. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Who, who was her partner at the time, who was doing the production, whatever. Okay. So... You just knew Erica, so it was an Erica. It was Erica B. Free. Mm-hmm. So she gets yeah. up when they they kind of ask what song she. Does. So she does uh, Free. Okay, Denise Williams. Yeah, right. So the band does it. You know, they go into the thing, and she starts singing. Free. Yeah, yeah, and uh-huh. she and she starts singing, and you're like, oh hell! Everybody's like, everybody's like, who's this crazy right. hot librarian going? Over here? <laughs> With this beautiful so, voice. Yeah, she's killing it, right? Mm-hmm. So then she she doesn't do the whole song. She starts vamping. She says, okay. She doesn't vamp. Okay. And then she goes into Apple Tree. Wonderful. Like slides right into Apple Tree. Wonderful. And people are like, whoa, like, what the hell's going <laughs> They're on? They're feeling it. They're like, what's this? And then she slides into On and On. Nice. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. One, How I long used to what watch. did she do? Probably like two and a half minutes with all it was like It was like <laughs> one of the hottest performances ever at I'm Cafe sure. Wa. I'm, I'm sure. sure now it's legend. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... She killed it. It if, was like, if now, anyone has video. Yeah, right. <laughs> if y'all take out video. But this was her first ever performance in New York. That's wonderful. This has really? gotta be what, like ninety four? So yeah, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she hadn't moved to New York yet. She mm-hmm. hadn't done the Brooklyn thing. No Queen she of Fua yet. Nope, nope, none of that. Mm-hmm. None of that. She was she was the bookkeeper from Dallas. Was she mm-hmm. quiet? How was what was her personality? What's her personality? Yeah, she was. Like? She, she was she was Pretty reserved, really quiet, mm. which is why everybody was knocked the hell out when she started killing. Like you, like right. what the hell was going on here? That's so mm-hmm, funny. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was a complete complete Decepticon. Mm. <laughs> and she she am I for mistaken? But she loves Detroit, doesn't she? Doesn't of course, she? Yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. Well, She's got a standing agreement with uh, so many, Shahida Maousi yeah, at Detroit. Shane loves Park. her. Well, you know, there's mm-hmm. so there's just so many ties to Detroit. Yeah, in, in, in well, roundabout, in roundabout Kadar, ways, you know? he had taken over the Motown label. Well, beside that, Kadar yeah. actually has relatives here. Okay, okay. Same thing with Chuck D. Okay, probably most black folks, but yeah. But so, so she, 
Detroit instantly picked up on Erica. Okay. And, you know, the the blackness that mm. she represents. Of course. Which, which mm-hmm. is amazing when you consider, if you know anything about Dallas, for her to have such a strong Detroit-style sensibility in Dallas mm. is a, a huge dichotomy. Because Dallas is, even blacks, the blacks in Dallas are conservative. Dallas is a very conservative city. Well, that's where the librarian came from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 did she go to Grambling? Where did she go to school? Yeah, she did. Uh, yes, no, yes. she went to the um, Texas A and M or something like that, oh, didn't okay. she? Or no? No, uh-uh. no? no I, don't, I think she might did PV for a minute, but I think she did. Yeah, did Grambling, and you know she was a drama major. Oh, so she definitely had that chameleonic thing okay, okay. happening, and it showed. That was great. <laughs> it showed, mm. and I guess you know New York, like most people, New York. Whereas L.A. allows you to be someone else, or people go there to be someone else. Yeah. New York, you got to be yourself. New York allows you to be you. Well, you actually probably, have to be you. Probably, no, but it probably allows you to be the you that you couldn't be where you were. This is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've noticed that yeah, about that, New York. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why people go there. Yeah, because they're like, I got to be me. Yeah, and, and she got there, and she you know found found that that, mm-hmm. that crew, that click, that, that sweet Brooklyn, spot. And she was able where to, Brooklyn at? Where Brooklyn at? <laughs> I mean, that was when, like, Jessica Caremore and myself and a lot of us lived in Brooklyn. Right, When it was just beginning. The reason that the gentrifiers came. (laughs) Because of y'all. Yeah, we had a whole scene. You had a whole scene. Yeah, you know, the Porsche scene was jumping off. You had the the Brooklyn Moon. The Brooklyn Moon was legendary. You You had the Sunday tea party. Yes. These are legendary spots where yeah. people got found and, and discovered. That's yeah. so cool. Matter of fact, a good portion of the whole Death Poetry Jam scene came yeah, out of that came out of arena. That. Mm-hmm. Came between between the moon and the tea party. And Jessica used to perform there and every, everyone. Right, right. It was and you had you the shoot. You had there. you had Mums the Schemer. Yeah, yeah. Who did Mums from Oz mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all those cats. All those cats were were in that it was scene. The scene. Very much so. Very yeah, much so. amazing, amazing. What the Great thing, times. The things that you uh, noticed about Erica back then, what do you think, though, what do you think those things, what do, why do you think she's still relevant? Erica's a perfect example of what I mentioned earlier about having a persona. You know, because the Erica, the Erica that came up trying to get a deal is not the Erica that you know now on stage. Okay. You know, what the, about the one on Instagram? What about the one? It's the, it's, no, that's, just, that's, that's, the, that's the evolved Erica. Yeah. Mind you, this, the is, drama major. this, is, this is 20 years forward. I love it. You know, but I, she, love, I love her on Instagram. But, but, you know, but you know who she is as an artist. Yeah. That's the thing. Because if you, you know, say Erica Badu, by everyone time, gets right, imagery. Right. By the time she came out, and she, so had, she had done a masterful job of crafting who she was, and you got it. Is that, oh, let me tell you that, something. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead no, 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 no. So, you remember Sherry that used to be on BET? Sherry, yeah, yeah, of course. And Sherry, yeah. oh, well, you wouldn't know her. If right. you're a millennial, you wouldn't know her. Right, because, right, skin hot, Sherry. Everybody's checking for her. Yeah, from the, from the, uh, the Caribbean. And she had no, no, a no, show. No, 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 no. That was Rachel from the Caribbean. Remember this? The new was Rachel. This, this the new was Rachel this show. Rachel. The new was Rachel show. Yeah, yeah. And Rachel. so Rachel, well, it was either Rachel or Sherry. I can't remember, but one of them had interviewed her, and it was her first time on BET. Uh-huh. And they, one of them had the show with the sofa where they would interview the artist. That's Sherry. Okay, so it was Sherry then. Right. So Sherry had the show. She interviewed Erica Badu. And Erica Badu had the incident in her mouth and the candles and the afro and the whole thing. Right. 
And when it was her first time on, she introduced her, and Erica was so nasty to Sherry. Because Sherry had the, like, quote-unquote, like, typical R&B kind of look. Oh, yeah, she was, you know, her she, hair she was, was pressed. But she was the R&B chick, that's why. Yeah, it was like, you know, like the like the, the tight dress, you know, the uh, like the office girl, except not a little bit, like, newsroomy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like, you know, her hair was pressed and, you, well, know, you know, she was the, She was the D.C. R&B hot chick. Yeah, you know, she was like church the, girl. Sweat, okay, you know. I'll be sure, you know, dripping yeah. over all the, all the yeah. R&B dudes. Straight R&B type, you know, typical R&B. Almost, almost like, almost like women hater. Like like before hating was because hating. she was really beautiful. She was, she was like flawlessly gorgeous. Well, her and Rachel were the, like flawlessly gorgeous, great body, just amazing. Very you know, dare I say, articulate. But you know, just great personality, bubbly, smiling, like so. Like who doesn't like them? But but well, she was, but she was know, like the, she was like the R and B shill. You know, like yeah. You so to, you know, R and B. If you want to play, if you want to play off a, a hot shit, because you know all the R and B guys were all about. Swooning hot women. She was the hot woman. To swoon, yeah, it was kind of you know like I mean? also too. It was sort of a um. You know, you would. I. Oh, it feels so bad saying this, but it's kind of like a shallowness because it was like just about the the beauty. So the questions and things would be a little bit trite. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you're super pretty, but it was like, you know, it was good to look at, but it's difficult to listen to. Yeah, so um, the thing is, is that but everybody watched the show because like your favorite R and B artists and stuff would be yeah, on I mean, there. That's was, when BT had like great and it was, and it was a major plus. It was a major show. You know, it was a major show. Donnie was still around. You know, and, Donnie Simpson did all the big interviews, and then Sherry did like the new kind of younger that's cool. up and comers. Right. And um, I remember Erica Badu was on the show, and she was doing the incense. And I remember Sherry asked her like, "So, you know, it was all bubbly, like, <laughs> so you have incense and your candles and." <laughs> the whole thing can you tell us about that and Erica was so nasty and she was like what you want me to tell you and I was like wow like cause she and she just gave her shade and everything the whole time and Sherry was trying to be bubbly and, and bring stuff out of her you know like the whole time and, and Erica was just looking at her and snarling and just had a really bad attitude and you know, I was just watching I was like wow this interview is a train wreck and <laughs> we, um, know, we know E is not it was, she, it was hard to watch she's not really for the shallow we should shallow. look it up we you know, should she, look it yeah, up yeah right we should try to find on YouTube but you know she was, she's not really for the shallow she's pretty heady no no she she, she wasn't really I, so. I, I got the I got the impression that Erica Badu was probably like, you know, that she gave her the like, I'm smarter than you and you're an idiot and you're annoying me. Like those were the vibes that she was giving her, but it was visible. Like on the camera, she wasn't responding to her. You know, Sherry was asking her a bunch of questions. And then Sherry was so cute because like Erica would give her shade and then she'd be like, so, you know, and then she would like shut up. Well, like, you know, really it was, well, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was the, you know, Heady cultural girl, yeah, versus the shallow assimilating girl, yeah, so yeah, she yeah, did, yeah. Wasn't really, really with that, yeah, she wasn't with that, yeah. Plus, plus was assimilation. <clears throat> she had the straightened hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shout like, to you know, I'm, I'm trying to give you authentic sister vibes. Yeah. You know, she was on her five percent thing and yeah, the culture thing, and it's like, and she and was, Shay, you know, Shay was none of that. Wearing handcrafted, you know, one of a yeah, kind yeah, garments, you know, pre pre Etsy, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> But it, that was like, but I will say, um, her second album, 
I did have the opportunity to photograph Erica Badu for Spin Magazine. Oh, dope. Okay. So that was that was really cool. And I had and um, Epperson, who actually used to make clothes yeah, for yeah. Mashoud, mm-hmm. I got him to make her like a, a, a special head wrap and a special dress and a special like leather glove. And right. you know, got a chance to um, photograph to, her. That's actually Rod. in a book. Um, Spin Magazine and <laughs> Spin and Vibe did like a book okay. on women. I think in hip hop or really? something like that. Something Let's like that. Try and find Picture that. book. Yeah, we have to find that book. I don't even have a copy of it. I I, I got to get my That's stuff. Uh, yeah. That's I, I I'd be like promoting other people. I'm even prom- promoting yeah, we left, myself. We, when talking in talking about that whole Brooklyn contingency, we left out Epperson. Epperson had Epperson was stores. amazing. At one point, Epperson uh, is amazing. He had a show in. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a he had a shop in Brooklyn, a shop in Manhattan at one point. Right, right. And ended up on Project Runway. That's where that's where most people right. know him from right oh, now. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, shouts out to Epperson. Yeah, I mean, he was the one making all like these awesome, like one of a kind, the flowy. Mm-hmm. Gauzy yeah. garments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, this was like... Talented brother. Okay, so now we got you back now, Mama Francis. You got oh. t- to uh, tell us like another hip-hop story. Oh, wow. Something, something super juicy. Do I know another hip-hop story? Well, about I'm maybe sure one of your experiences. One Who's your favorite rapper that you that you got to meet? Or tell us some horror stories from the tour. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she looks at me like you're crazy. <laughs> oh, I know. When we were with, uh, I, I just remember this because I had kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm. When we were on tour with Sir Mix-a-Lot <clears throat> and we were in some place in Louisiana and we were putting, uh, putting the merchandise out and, and the fellow didn't want to pay or he thought he wouldn't sell enough or something like that. And I had to let him know, like, oh, no. <laughs> Some white guy handling the club and everything. I had to say, oh, no, no, no. We we got this merchandise here. We're going to get paid for it and it's going to be set up for this way. So, wait. So, so, he, so, so, what was it? Like, you were, so, you were setting it up, like, as a table, like, after the show or whatever? No. He, uh, so, Mr. Lott would have his stuff set up during the show. You know, okay. Set up there and then people come out and buy mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. But I guess he didn't want to set it up <clears> a certain <throat> way or he wanted... Oh, and it was the question of the money and how it was going to be uh, mm-hmm. split up and everything. So I told him, I said, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing and everything. Oh, he I wanted was, to sell the merch. He wanted to get behind there and then run it, run selling it. I don't know what the deal was. But okay. He thought he was just going to come out and, and uh, I guess, uh, take over or mm. not allow me to sell or whatever. But, it, you know, it was kind of a messy so thing. it was not happening. No, so... <laughs> I just had to let him know, no, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and this mm-hmm. is what we're selling for, and, this, you know, this is what we're going to go So, that's do. interesting. So, like, as a woman, you know, traveling, that's something that, you know, is kind of scary and something to think about. You know, how do you, how were you able, because the music business is also, like, a lot of mobsters and gangsters and seedy people. How are you able to, you know, manage like your safety, handling yourself, protecting yourself, um, and then, you know, getting your money? Well, actually, I, I don't think I was putting in those positions. Uh, oh, that's good. Uh, I would say that going like after Cure left and everything, because some of the times, like I said, when we would tour and you had to go to those radio stations and everything, mm-hmm. talk to people. And when you left, I, I still had to go and talk to the people at the radio station, mm-hmm. this type of thing. But it was interesting <clears throat> because a lot of people at that time in radio or whatever were not into uh, rap or hip-hop. 
and they really didn't want to play it. Mm. They didn't want to put it on the playlist. So you had to sit there. You had to explain to them why they should be adding it to their playlist and all of this. Convince them to do it. And they didn't want to do it because they didn't like it or, you know, there was no payola involved or whatever. So it was always that type of thing that you had to get Yeah, on. people can forget now, a different complexion there. Right. People like to think now that, you know, hip-hop was always there and it was always Mm-mm. accepted. It was it was like trying to uh, turn the earth mm. and you only got a plow and everybody else has got a backhoe or, or, or <laughs> tractor you know doing it because they really didn't want to play it because they wow. had been told like you know this is the this music this is the young people and they don't want you know it, it's just a whole it's not gonna last right yeah. i remember that they used to say it all the time it won't yeah. last so yeah. when would y'all right. say the first hip-hop radio station popped up was it in nyc first uh the first if i recall the first really dedicated hip-hop commercial station was k-day in los angeles mm. commercial Okay. Yeah, it was. It was that, that's Sway, right? No, no, no. Sway, Sway was in Northern California. Sway was up in the Bay. This is Los Angeles. Oh, in L.A. Uh, and the main cat out there was a brother named Greg Mack. Okay. Greg Mack was that guy. Okay. And they were, yeah, they were, they were probably the first. Like, what year do you think it was? This K Day hit. Oh, I want to say eighty seven, eighty eight. Okay. Like okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I they, just they took a chance and won. They won big. I, I mean. Greg Mack was maybe one of the most powerful dudes in hip-hop at the time. Yeah, you would think now that, you know, the people, and then after hip-hop began to catch on, people like to think that, you know, say that, you know, oh, yeah, I knew it was going to be this or, you know, whatever. Right, and before right. they didn't want to hear it, they wouldn't want to play it, they didn't want to do anything for it. You know, you, so you had to spend a great amount of time. That is unreal. Selling it. You know, you're selling it to them and everything. Right. And I said, let me clarify. It was not hip hop. It was rap music, and that was yeah, and true. that was and it used to get a bum rap. <laughs> that's how it went. It was yeah, like yeah. we're not playing this rap music. I don't know why you get this rap stuff. That there were stations that had you know. No, He's saying no. that they, they used to call it rap music. Yeah, that was that. Mm-hmm. It was not nobody was talking about hip hop. Hip hop was the the umbrella. The culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. hip hop was the umbrella, but the music it was rap. My mom said they thought it was gonna be like disco. It was gonna fade. Yeah, that's Cass what they kept like, saying. No, Cass was like, "We're not playing rap music." That, yeah, uh, you know, some some stations led with that. It was like that was their, that was their hook. No rap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. That, that no is rap. true. That really. Is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. won't hear any rap on this station. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, it's right, true. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Oh Yo, God. in fact, on Ice Cube's first album, he mm-hmm. has an, he has one of my favorite skits of all time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talking about, <laughs> he was doing an R&B guy. He's like, ah, uh, yeah, we play no rap. This is, no. <laughs> like, get, that, get that shit out of here. It's bullshit. This yeah, no yeah, yeah, straight yeah. R&B, straight yeah. R&B, yeah. straight. R&B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really, it was really uh, a backlash from a lot of places. They re- refused to do it. They, you mm. know, record companies had to make, you know, no, like, see, people started doing rap cameos on records on R&B. Yeah. They yeah. had to give, give me the no rap version, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Like, I felt like I remember that, like, like, Blackstreet, they would have songs on the radio, and I would be like so excited to hear like the rap part, yeah, no and then rap. they would just like not come on. Yeah, the no I rap. feel like what happened to it? <laughs> the, the no rap, the no rap version, the so the funny. oh they take the instrumental and play it during music beds or playing in commercials. They never play the song. Can can you tell folks what a music bed is? Yeah, music bed is when you you hear, you hear a commercial and they got music in the background of the commercial, mm-hmm. like you know, come out to so and so's about latest sneakers. Well, so that's a music bed. So they'll take a hot rap track. But they never played. The, they never played the vocal version. They just hear the the music 
in the background. Mm-hmm. Even on some shows, like they mix it and they would play the music, but they never play the rap. It's so funny. So, like in the nineties, like you know how hip hop is just like. I don't know even what to say what it is right now. Oh, you mean but like... But you know what is interesting, though? Even though the, the radios and the DJs didn't want to play it, mm-hmm. the when they were touring, the rap artists were touring, the places were always packed. Yeah, the always venue was packed. always packed. Because so people there was the a dis- Right. <laughs> so there was a big disconnect with people right. within mm, the right. industry and who thought they knew That's what was going on. Probably systematic. And, and what was really going on. And I think it's probably because there were so many people starting to go to these uh, the concerts and, yeah. and the venues that they had to really start looking at playing it on the radio. And that's how we kind of started this whole street team thing because we were doing promotions for a number of different labels at the time. Myself, when I say we, my partner, Wart White at the time, and Wart is actually Erica's manager. I mean, Lawyer. Attorney right now, and he mm-hmm. run. He's an attorney and he runs our management team. And, mm-hmm. and that's my dude. Shout out to board. Who's over in South Africa right now, living it up. Wonderful. <laughs> so we would utilize students at various high schools and some colleges <clears throat> because we knew they were in touch with that audience. You mm-hmm. know what they would they would have been called influencers now. Of course, <laughs> they were on Instagram. They were, they were either they were either they were either the cool kid. Or the cute girl, or the busybody kid that knew everybody mm-hmm. and was always out doing stuff, active. So we recruited those kids and utilized them on in their school and the schools in their area to promote stuff. So we give them stickers, free gear, T-shirts, whatever, you know. And that was hot at the time. Like mm-hmm. you know, imagine being in school, especially high school, mm-hmm. and you got these like shirts. Public enemy shirts. That's the sonic shirt. Stickers. When, free when it's when it's hot. When it's like the time that it comes out. Mm. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you have it before it comes out because promo items weren't for the public. Right, right. Promotional <laughs> right. only. Right, they were for DJs and record stores. So, so you and got that this was stuff. before they people started selling promotional items. Right. Well, exactly, exactly. No, it was very, it was very insider, very industry. Yeah. And it was so very we, exclusive. So very we insider. created like the first three teams because nobody was doing this stuff because mm-hmm. nobody was promoting rap music. Number one. Right. And people would be like, "Where'd you get that from?" Yeah. Like it's so different than now because like. So you became the cool kid. Yeah. You became like super cool. Actually. Yeah, because it was like, oh my god. You have such and such. Yeah. Like, how'd you get that? So what we did, we had them get their friends and their friends of friends mm-hmm. and call up the 888 or the 707, whatever the hot new song show. And mix, mm-hmm. You know, they always, so did, they always did like the young hour, like six to eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we had them out there, you know, while we got in the clubs, while we went to the stores and did displays and got the, the throwers hyped on the songs. We had these kids out there. Hitting them, hitting their peers, mm-hmm. talking up these records, and that's kind of how the street team thing evolved. Mm-hmm. You know, we had I still I seen somewhere I still got the notes of the kids that we had. Some wow. of them, some of them actually, a couple of them actually went on to do promotions. Wonderful. In fact, my I call her my little sister. Her name is Stephanie Gale. Stephanie uh, was one of the people you used. Stephanie used to come. I used to do a DJ thing at Showbiz Pizza Place, which got bought out by Chuck E. Cheese, mm-hmm. and Stephanie. Is now the executive producer of the Love and Hip Hop franchise. Wow! And you know, with her her best friend Mona Scott. Okay. So you know, these a lot of a lot of the folks that we dealt with went on to do other things. That's wonderful. But mm-hmm. at the time, 
they helped blow up these records mm-hmm. to the point where the stations had to pay attention to them and play them mm. because they were like, what's going on out here? Right. <laughs> these kids are like, I want to hear, I want to hear Mantronics. And then they were calling I hear Heavy to the D. station. I wanna, yeah. 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 Exactly. And they're like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. But they had to play them. You yeah. Know, who's UTFO? Who's Whistle? Who's... You know, mm-hmm. and they probably had like the station manager and the program manager. Like, oh my god, who see, are these people? See, we don't I mean, have these records. <laughs> on the other thing we would do, and uh-huh. see, this is where the, it got a little bastardized because when they started doing street teams in New York, places, they didn't give them enough of the tools. You know, they, running around with stickers and plaster and stuff was not the same effectiveness. We gave these kids the phone numbers to the record stores. We gave them the inline number to the studio. So to like call them, call <laughs> right. them and tell exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. I want to hear this record. Mm-hmm. I just want to say here that uh, Kier's telling all this because uh, uh, keep in mind, again, I'm his mother, but I also very uh, <laughs> understand some things. And uh, just a little aside, when I was doing uh, managing the company that he started, Heartwise Promotion, when the industry magazines and things would come and everything, it was so funny because they would always say, to the mother of Kierworthy. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, it was so so funny. And then when they, I call up and talk to the people at the record company and everything, they said, "Oh, the magazine. Oh, it's Kier's mother." Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. So, but I was going to say, Kier is an innovator mm. in the street team and everything. He came up with that idea, and he does not toot his horn enough to me. Uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of people don't know is, you know, everybody talks about South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. When Kier, uh, he came up with the idea, he conceived the idea, he planned it, he organized it, and he implemented the rap showcase, or whatever it's called, at South by Southwest, the mm. first and the original one. What? Mm. And... Uh, I remember because we had to pick up people from uh, mentioning the group, the garden. We had them picking up people, the rappers from the, the airport. We had to uh, uh, house some people at our place and other places. Mm-hmm. They're coming in, the had, rappers uh, coming in. Ultramagnetic. Wow, Ultra cool Magnetic Key said G. Cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are very so legendary. Cool. And uh, oh. one of the ladies now who she's had uh, one of the magazines that's one of the top magazines called Black Health with Kate Ferguson. Yeah, mm. she, she was at Word Up magazine she, at the time. Yeah, she, yeah. Okay. She was Word Up was like, for you millennials, was like a very, it was like source or vibe. Except I remember seeing pictures. It. it was mostly pictures and mm. very limited text but you could see all your Favorite. people that you love right, right. Mm-hmm. so she came in for uh for the 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 conference, rap yeah. rap conference and everything Wonderful. so when when people you know they talk about and they go down there and the rap thing is the big thing part of uh, south by southwest now mm-hmm. Kier was the one instrument wow all that. right yeah so as he said, give proper shout outs to Kier. <laughs> hey. um, Go Kier. Because that's so, a huge, it huge is, platform it for rap artists. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know. And media. South by mm-hmm. Southwest wanted to act like they were the ones that did. No, they did not start that because Kier originated that thing. Mm-hmm. And that was another way to uh, spotlight rap and make it more viable to the people, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you for telling us that. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's see why I brought them on here. Uh, of course, I well, see. Hired. See, that's that's part of the things that we 
And I'm going <clears> to <throat> say, as African Americans and African people, Africans didn't have to do. We have to make our history known and put out there yeah. because come. And all due respect to the two women that it was on the thing and everything, our history is always getting told by white folks. Mm. And I don't know how their take on it was, but a lot of time it's from their point of view, and it leaves us out. Mm. We need to be the one telling our home Understood. history and preserving it. Well, that's why I'm making this film. That's Good. why I'm working needs, on this it film. It needs to be done. Um, because our and children, why we do this podcast. Right. Our kids you know? need to know that we are one of the reasons why they don't, you know, they're so susceptible to the general population is because they think they are the only one that does anything. And we have not done anything. <laughs> it's funny. Where we are the ones who originate everything. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want, there's one thing I want to, uh, don't want to forget to ask you guys before we leave is about your chemistry throughout all these years. But the, before we do that, did you see what Lupe said to offset of the Migos? No. Oh man. Let me see if I can find is, it. Is that, quick. is that fresh? Was that a today thing? Yeah. Okay. Lupe hasn't been heard from him. Well, I actually like Lupe. He's he's okay, out, so out of the new yeah, area so, of artists. Yes. Okay. So Offset went on. You know, he his album came out. The one of the members of the Migos. Migos and which cracks me up. He uh, <laughs> it's three Migos. We haven't did mm-hmm. uh. We haven't. <laughs> uh, and when he was in New York doing his media tour for the album or whatever you want to call it, he made a statement that. You know, he doesn't understand the hate that the older rap generation gives their generation because they if it wasn't for them, they should be they should basically be kissing. He His exact wording was is that older generation should be kissing their feet for keeping hip hop vibrant. Huh. So and Lupe really? says. You should be thanking us kissing our feet. Oh, just, just play it. I'm not even going to do that. Okay. Just, how- so that's basically you heard him say it kind of. Mm hmm. Let me see. You. Let me see if I can pull up real quick and wow. just, just kind of show you what uh, what Lupe's response mm-hmm. was. So, so what we 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 owe them for being stupid? <laughs> for saving? Oh, no. Are we are we being saved? Is that it? Is is it because hip hop sells now? Hip hop artists are basically um, hip hop artists are basically going platinum. They're they streamed. Platinum. They're, the, they're they're the highest being highest streamed. They're being played on top 40 more so than they've ever been played before but don't they understand uh, that's a building block process that, people who laid okay. that down so that could happen I wish I could find the exact word so never mind it's gonna take me too long to find it but that's what Lupe said he, it was funny cause he was like uh hi Offset I just want you to know I'm a huge Migos fan and he like listed two songs that he likes and then he was like when I go to the club he was like so sarcastic he was like, when I go to the... It wasn't, but it was. He was like, and when I go to the club, I only actually go to the club if I know that they're going to play a couple Migos songs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I, and, and that's the only time I'll ever dance. And then he like, he's like, so I'm huge fans, huge fans. He's like, but I do find it interesting that you make that statement. He's like, uh, it's not a kissing feet type thing. And hip hop is more... Please stop using the narrative that hip hop is all about selling albums hip-hop is about if you can rap and you bring the lyrical content that i don't care if you sell a grammy i don't still <laughs> care if you do this do that that you will get ate up you know what i'm saying he was just basically saying it's about the the the, the competitive nature it's not a right. stop stop selling that narrative like you're trying to get because offset is going around saying he's be he's gonna stop talking about the same stuff and he's really focused on his kids and 
He wants to become more of a minimalist and stop spending so much money. I mean, don't don't these cats realize the large the large reason behind them having the overground success they have, the the financial success they have was the groundwork laid by all the artists that preceded them. That's what he said. Which led to their their audience having kids that now grew up with this exactly. music also to buy they were around to buy what you now create. Yep. You know, it's not a foreign thing anymore. It's now part of the general musical lexicon. So I'm listening to this your stuff as much as I'm listening to rock or alternative or whatever else. You're now part of the major pantheon. It didn't come out, it didn't happen out in a vacuum. You know, this was 10, 20, 30 years plus now mm-hmm. of this music being built upon built upon built upon built upon. So you now have this huge global platform to go out and sell some I'll, records. I'll read you the last Or streams or whatever the hell you're selling. Mm-hmm. What he says, he says, hip hop got his respect from rappers who spoke the truth to power and struck fear in the comfort zones of oppression and inspired folks to take a look at their surroundings, analyze and overcome. Hip-hop isn't respected because of how many records it has sold or how many dances it has created, unless we talk about breakdancing. Hip-hop is respected because it kisses nobody's feet and never will. Our feet don't belong to, on the mouths of other pioneers. <laughs> they belong on their shoulders. The true rapper is the one who continues to do it when there is no money, no fame, no cars, no right, jewelry. Right. Just the love of the crap that keeps them on the grind. That's the bar. Everything else other than that is a filler and cap. Great. Wow. Right. And the Great. two and the two biggest things about this, mm-hmm. the one one reason number one is that rap created and gave an outlet to kids all over the world yeah. to be expressive. Yeah. Everybody has adopted what little black kids in the US did. Yeah. And they've claimed it for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, which is a sadder fact, we we fed so much BS hypersensationalism, movie-esque crap to the world, they were like, ooh, good, this is what black people are about. Right. And that's what we always, we always talk black people about that. Guns, mm-hmm. and misogyny, and, and, and jewelry, and avarice, and superficiality. We gave so much of that, that helped the population too. Look at who buys most of the black product. They don't look like us. Mm-hmm. That's why you're now selling platinum multi-platinum mm-hmm. projects. Break it down. Because you're giving, you're giving, them the, you're giving them the BS. Yeah. You ain't giving them Public Enemy. You ain't giving them X-Clan. Mm-hmm. You're not giving them BDP. Mm-hmm. You know, sh- shift it up and talk about more of the, the real for real. Mm-hmm. Let's see what and, happens. And the other side, let me, let me, I'm not I was going to say, uh, it go, goes back to, I also wrote, column for one of uh, the magazines down in Austin and for a newspaper when I was in uh, living in Atlanta. Uh, so cool. Could give you a little another thing. I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta okay. to study music production, music management, everything. And uh, Arrested Development was down about the same mm-hmm. time that mm-hmm. I was going to school there they were going. I wonder if people but, know who that is. You're right. Remember, uh, I've heard of Let it. me love you. You don't remember that? Well, you got to give them the other one. You got to give them yeah. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Yeah. No, Tennessee. Oh, they, yeah, I know that. You know that one? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. Okay. They were, they were no Tennessee. That beat is fresh, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was going <clears> to <throat> say, one of the articles I wrote was that uh, with, uh, again, it goes back to what I said earlier about once we get to a certain level of uh, sophistication of knowing who we are or getting economics and everything, 
something is introduced to break that down. Right. So hip hop or rap, the whole genre at that time was very, very positive. The things coming out, the lyrics, the music and everything else, it was very positive, you know, uh, of what we were as a people. Then they began to look around and see that it was uh, given a certain amount of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what, like the negative stuff was given more support? No, no, no. Uh, confidence. Uh, pot, p- confidence um, and uh, pride in being who you are. Mm, and mm, then mm. all these young black people were being able, innovators and everything. Mm-hmm. So... They begin to look around, well, how can we break this up? So they began to introduce that rap, that gangster rap, all that other stuff, the misogyny and stuff, because you could kill two birds with one stone. Mm. You can uh, come in and you can break the money. You can come in and break the positive message that's being done. But you can still get all this money and you can, you can mobilize mm. all these ignorant black folks who want to be ignorant and who want to be like white folks who are ignorant. Mm. And you can do that all at the same time and still make money. Mm. And you can get them turned around so that all they're thinking about is, what's it? Shouts out to Lior. (laughs) (laughs) Who, who, Who wants to get the car, the money, the clothes, and all that other stuff. Mm. You know, the drugs and whatever else, you know. And now that's what happened. Rap, hip hop has been dumbed down, and the generation as a whole has been dumbed down. Mm. And that's by design. Mm. And people don't realize that. They don't want to realize that. Most of the, the rap and everything now that's very positive, you don't see it or hear it being played. Not as often. No. Fortunately, it still does exist. But thank God. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. But you, you don't. You don't see it being pushed. You see these people like uh, the, the Migo. I don't know how <laughs> off he is and everything. But uh, some of these other, or you get these rappers that they push who are uh, ambivalent about their their sex or whatever. <laughs> that's another. That's another way of getting us off track. Because if you can get people. To focus on the most negative part on it, they're never going to think about uh, excelling in different things. Mm-hmm. They're never going to think about excelling Open in math, yeah. math or whatever. You know, so again, you can effectively do that. You know, you can always kill two birds with one stone. And since the bottom line with most record companies, the money, they don't care if it's coming in by somebody positive or not. Right. If if the negative is bringing in more money. Mm. So th- this is, these are things that we need to look at. Address. So when somebody come out and say, oh, yeah, I'm a big star and I'm this and everything. Yeah, but at what price are you, you know, mm. you're right. paying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, though, honestly, with the fame, most of the famous people don't actually have money. Thank you. They, they they have the backing of the record label. They have a lot of promotion. They, they get a lot of marketing behind them. But structurally, they usually do not have, like, uh, a quantifiable percentage of the pie. Gotcha. So um, that's something to look at, too. So Migos are, like, young and hot and all that right now. So let's look at Migos in about five years, you know, because usually with, Pop 
music, I'm going to put them in a pop music category. And usually with pop music, you get about five years. I want to say something else because it just came to my mind. I mm-hmm. think it's very important. When you go back and you look at uh, some of the rap artists that was coming out and who are the uh, the backbone and the foundation of it, and I have to say, most of those men came from families, and they were fathers. And that's a structure that they don't mean, you know, like uh, uh, Public Enemy or a lot of the other ones, you know, Ron DMC, they're families and they're mm. with their families and they're with their wives and they are usually black women. Mm, that's so true. But now you, when that, that break started coming up, when they started doing that gangster rap and all that stuff, you see these rappers, they got all these kids on the side, they're not married, they're not home folks, they're not fathers hardly, and they all got these white women usually. <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's so funny. But I think about Ice Cube. I think about Big Boy from Outkast. LL. uh, Who else? Dang, I miss. It's like almost all of them in that area. So you understand what I'm saying, right? Even Snoop gets on my nerves. Reverend Mm Ryan. So you understand what I'm saying? Yes. They, 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 and and they don't ever talk about them being as stable and everything. They always spotlighting these gangster raps, these OGs or these other stuff, you know, whatever you the, the current term is now. But <laughs> they they are not they are not stable as stable to me as uh the raps, you know, rappers who come out before and then I can say and then they always get them turned out on these white chicks. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's, like, it's like ball players. You know, it's it's the ball player trajectory. I.e., so, everybody's so again, a baller. So again, they have a vested interest in coming out there talking about I make all this and I'm doing all that because again, like we were saying, who are their fans? A lot of time mm-hmm. now is these white folks who wants to be rappers or in you know Minneapolis or. The cornfields or whatever, it's you know, they, 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 they use that as a validation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay. Well, Mama Francis, mm-hmm. you are taking, you studying DJing and you're DJing and you are out here. So you told us a lot about the stuff that you were doing. So as we wrap up, tell us about some of the stuff that you are doing. Now, because you you do tours, you do music tours, you do you do you <laughs> but you, you like doing so much stuff. Mind, but it's on staying alive. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Just staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I, I am doing some stuff, and I, I feel very uh, good that I'm capable of doing these things. Well, one of the things that I'm doing now, I, I always got these projects going because I I, I have. I'm just going to come out and say it. I have a ge- I have a genius mind. <laughs> hey. You better claim it. You know you're right. so, so right. you want to know what you're supposed to say, right? Mm, you're supposed to say you the goat. Oh, I have a goat. <laughs> you know what that means, right? Say the yeah, na- no, nanny know. nanny yeah, no, goat. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Kier. Oh, I know. I, I know. I, I love Kier. I love his humor. I always have. I, I do so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he knows his mom well. Y'all are like the coolest dynamic. Like, we gotta. Th- okay, please tell us. I can tell y'all about your chemistry. Please. <laughs> I'm listening. 
No, my mother used to say, because, you know, we've been like this ever since he came out the world. My mother said, you two are like two old folks all the time. (laughs) No, but I I respect you a lot. And I think, like I said before, I don't think he's a dumb person. I think he's a genius. And I've always thought that way about him. Mm. So that's that's my disclaimer. (laughs) 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 No, but... So I, I try to keep it. One of the things that I'm working on now in, uh, is uh, giving music tours because I think that's very important. It's called Detroit Music Tours. <laughs> and, uh, and and it comes under the name of my comp- my company. is called Cush Lifestyle Network. And I have to tell, I have to tell the young folks, I, I, I was into Cush long before Cush was popular. We're, 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 talking about, we're talking about the kingdom, the kingdom of Cush. Right. Not the, the plants. Kushites. So I have to tell her, no, it's not that Kush. I was in Kush before long. Before yeah. But she, so. be, she becomes, but when she mentions it, she becomes instantly popular with young cats. Kush, word? <laughs> yeah, they think it's on a tour. They're like, you got yeah. some? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> matter, matter of fact, I was at, I was at something like lo- lo- long ago, and somebody told me I said it's I said it was a young person, millennium feel. And so I said no. It's a, she said, oh yeah. I said when I you know I like Kush too. <laughs> I said, yeah. I, 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 I didn't like. I didn't say I like Kush too. That's what they told me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, I, so, I, so, so everybody knows my, my mother has always been very, very, very culturally astute, very pro-black, all the way across the board. Uh, you know about the diaspora, whether it's whether it's Cuban, whether it's Brazilian, whether it's straight out of the continent. So. She got the name from, of course, the the great kingdom of Kush, which mm-hmm. preceded Egypt, mm-hmm. who ran that part of the world, that part of the of Africa for you know the length of time they did. Uh, they were innovative, they were creative, they were leaders. So she adopted Kush lifestyle from that lifestyle, not from the get high lifestyle. Got it. <laughs> no, but I still love it because it strikes an interesting conversation, and this business is all about networking. So that's, yeah, it that's is cool. interesting because. I've had that name for my company for I don't know how long. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing this other Kush come up. And matter of fact, I went, <laughs> I went into this, uh, I thought it was a garden store. Oh. So I went, I went in to look Dispensary. around. Right, yeah. And, 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 garden, in a sense. Right. Garden matter, products. No, that, it was when they, they had a name on them front saying something garden. So I thought it was, you know, like <laughs> garden store. So I, I'm going in and I'm looking around like this and everything. And they looking at me like, who is she and what is she doing in here? And then all of a sudden I saw this name Kush on this stuff. And I'm going like, what is this? That's hilarious. <laughs> and then it hit me that, oh, my goodness, you know, what am I going to do with the name of my company now? You know, mm. there's other, other cushions out there. So I said, well, hey, I had the name first. You know, we, 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 we just, I love we, that. But just, it's also to teach people. People need to do about they about do. The right. That's Christian, a shame that right. it should be the mm-hmm. other way around. Like, why is yeah, this right. plant yeah. name out there? <laughs> but the, but you know what came to me though? Mm-hmm. It is interesting how things are because we as people go back to stuff 
unconsciously and subconsciously, Mm. and we don't know why we have certain things. Mm. So I just look at it at the fact that this is just the universe taking these young people back to the time when they were Kushites. Right. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they just don't know it, you know, Mm -hmm. but now they can. But so my music tours. Were you going to say something? No, I was going to say it's the elevated consciousness of the Kush right. that reverts you back to Kush. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. So, so I give these music tours, and I, I'm going to be uh, giving them on all different genres because, again, we need to know our history. How and Detroit has such a fantastic history when it comes to music and people who have given uh, all this stuff to the music uh, industry or whatever. Because you know. Detroit is different. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. And uh, so the first one I, I wanted, had wanted to do was uh, <clears throat> called Gold Coast Gold Records. Mm. And, you know, like play on words and everything because the area down uh, Jefferson Avenue, East Jefferson Avenue, I started li- thinking about it. And I said, oh, we had a lot of people in the music industry just lived on that strip, which mm. is called the Gold Coast. So that's how I came up with the first tour. So, and so it's already it's already passed. That one is, and then I did one uh, during the time of the jazz festival, mm-hmm. and I spotlighted people within the jazz thing. So now I'm coming up with another one uh, dealing with techno and rap, mm-hmm. and then another one uh, dealing with gospel and blues. So it's going to be on all the genres. Right. I mean, the the breadth of talent out of Detroit alone really fills up every tour that she's come up with. Can see right. exactly. because you know. Whether it's hip hop, you know, Dilla, M, Proof, et cetera, all the way up to the cast that you got now. And there's a whole crop of young cats out of Detroit oh right now that are jumping, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, the, of course, techno. And, and, people, and people don't know about exactly. the, the techno roots of Detroit. People think it's something that came out of Germany or Switzerland or whatever the hell. And it came right here, right out of Detroit. In fact, hip hop. And techno parallel one another. Mm-hmm. And let me throw this in really quickly because people don't get this. At the same time, you had kids in the Bronx beating on drum machines and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, creating hip hop. You had black kids of a similar socioeconomic state mm-hmm. banging out on drum machines and s- digital sequencers. Now, Shouts out to Mike Banks. Mike Banks, Derek May, Juan Atkins, mm-hmm. uh, on and on and on. You know, there's a whole, you know, Eddie Folks, mm-hmm. so forth. Now, the difference is in the in the in the trajectory of those two genres, because they like remember, they came along simultaneously. Right. Detroit didn't have uh infrastructure mm-hmm. uh of the record business. They didn't have record labels. Right. And which one is the better story? The more primitive, we in New York, we in the Bronx, be down, doing our thing. Or similar kids in another black city, and maybe the blackest city in the country at the time, using sophisticated digital equipment. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we're going to go with this one. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to ignore this one. Because yeah. one of them goes along with the narrative of being poor black and always underclass right. victim. Mm. Right. The other, the other one pushes you on the level with white boys who are dealing with computers and stuff, mm. That's and so technology, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 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 techno was always mm. about technology and the future. Yeah, which you didn't see us in 
when it came to sci-fi things right. about the future. Right. We weren't there. Right. You know, technos like Afrofuture. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. We. It was. Us seeing ourselves in the future. And let me bring that back in full because, circle. Because Tedno was not killing folks off through drugs, right. uh, whatever else, you know. Right. And it's something that and came. Guns. Right. And it's something that came about out of the fact that we're here in Detroit, which was utilizing technology, industrial revolution, blah, blah, blah. And black kids that were getting educated and traveled and saw more, mm-hmm. a greater and wider scope. Getting back to what we were talking about earlier. Exactly. Exactly. So we thought about the future. We saw ourselves in the future. Yeah. And that's how that music got created. That's what it was always about. Oh, my God. That is so deep. And see, these are when I, when I give the tours, I give the history, and I go by the places, and we get off, and we stop in places, we talk about it and everything. It's because people need to know that history. It needs to be preserved, oh God, and we it. need to be the ones to tell our own history. So these are one of the, those are some of the reasons why I give these music tours. Mm. You guys have to come back on the show. Wait, Kier, you got to tell us what, what you got going on next. Oh I'm wow! Just, I, I, no, no, that wasn't that wasn't me being rude. There's just, no, 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 not at all. Um, well, besides, well, let's let's first talk about what we're doing with We Found Hip Hop, right? You know, which is a, a great alliance that uh, you know I'm I'm very flattered and proud that you asked us to be a part of that. Um, so we're 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 using utilizing our years of experience and expertise to hopefully infuse these young artists that you're working with, everybody that performed on Sunday mm-hmm. at the Charles Wright. Uh, trying to get them out there and mm-hmm. push their careers forward, getting them on stages so more people can see mm-hmm. the next level, the next evolution of right. Detroit, right. the next level of of women mm-hmm. creating this music. You know, yeah, uh, you know the continuance of uh, Latifah, Moni Love, Salt and Pepper, mm-hmm. Bahamadi, etc. Um, you know, since this is Women's History Month, we should delve into that because we, you know, we need a we need a new crop of women. Yeah, you know, no Disticardi or Nikki, but we need. More varied forms, more yeah, we need varied personas. Flavors. Yeah, we need we need that. <laughs> and as I said earlier, you know, the the return of femininity to hip hop is what's going to make it survive. Yeah. yeah, that music is like healthy soul food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we can't we can't continue on the, on a one track situation anymore. Right. You know, we've got to have both sides of the coin. Right. right. So we're involved in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very happy. I am proud to say I'm working with a, a, a storied Detroit label. Uh, for those of you who know Electrofunk, okay, um, which is doing um, some new projects coming up, okay, with some some Detroit artists and some non-Detroit artists, but basically, hopefully, putting Detroit back on the recording map. You know, there hasn't mm-hmm. been a, there hasn't been a, a label label in Detroit since Motown, mm. but uh, you know, Electrofunk has the wherewithal. So shout out to Mister My Man, Mister Day. Uh, shout out to boy Mike Banks over at uh, Submerge as Mike we Banks. as we uh, embark on. As we brought up earlier, some mm-hmm. Afrofuturism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mark Mike has always been a futurist in many ways. Yes, he's like he's like hood futurist. Mike, yeah, Mike, yeah, yeah. Mike sees the now and the reality, mm-hmm. but he also envisions the future, and it has it has been very instrumental in shaping the ideas of the future for people around the world. And held down that space. Yeah, well, no doubt about it. No and, doubt about you know, it. you know, created a museum for <clears throat> so, techno music. So, yeah. you know, look oh, for Oh, excuse me. That's one of the places I took the tour on. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely right, had, right. had to submerge. Mm-hmm. So look for some, look for some, some Afro, some Afrofuturism 
as a as a entity coming out of coming out of the submerged space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh wait, I gotta tell you my Mike Banks story real quick. <laughs> Mike Banks um, told me this funny story. Well, it better be good because Mike's like my other son. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> and, and Mike has got great hilarious stories. No, he's so funny. Yeah, so he, he was in London. <clears throat> And he had an Egyptian cab driver, and something happened or with or whatever. And the and you know in the midst of traveling wherever, uh, Mike says, "Oh yeah, brother, blah blah." So he said the cab driver was like, "I am not your brother." So he said he wait till the uh, the taxi stopped. <laughs> he said he wait till the taxi stopped. He said as soon as the taxi stopped, he said he had on some combat boots. He said he reached down and took his shoestrings out of his combat boots and wrapped them around the guy's neck from behind the seat and was like choking him half to death. And the guy was like, my brother, my brother. <laughs> and Mike Banks said, I ain't your brother. I'm a nigga. And niggas kill. And he said the guy was like begging for his life. Oh, my God. But um, you have to hear Mike tell yeah, that story. Mike, like, Mike is funny, yeah, super yeah. hilarious. It's like, it's like I'm your brother now. Yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm your brother now, ain't I? <laughs> like, and um, brother Noomsy, brother Noomsy. <laughs> <Brother Noomsie. laughs> so yeah, that's Mike Banks. But Mike Banks also is very loving, um, supportive. He's taken us in as we found hip hop oh, yeah. offices he's, he's, in he's there been, now. He's been an anchor for all, uh, not even just. The techno in Detroit. Mm. A lot of the hip hop that came out of Detroit, yep. uh, you know, mid to late '90s, helped give them a found a home and give them some anchor. Give them. He gave some us a home, right? Our home is in there now. Yeah. Oh, I he's the cool dude, man. Mm-hmm. I want to mention one other thing. My other project is uh, Sexy After Sixty. Oh, yeah. I, I was about to have her. Yeah, you got it. You got to yeah. mention Sexy After Sixty, <laughs> right? It's it's not really music, but it's it's so significant. It is. Okay. Oh. Well, I came up with the ideas because, you know, everybody thinks, you know, once you get past a certain age, that's it. And I, I, I'm just going to say right now, I'm 76. You look oh. amazing. So, well, mm-hmm. thank you very much. Hey, mm-hmm. man, you can't just be. <laughs> so, well, I'm saying se- sexy after 60, so, you know, I mm-hmm. got to tell my age. But anyway, so, I, you know, people want to put you out to pasture, but there's so much more that we have to give and to do. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I and sexy means that you are vibrant, you're interested in mm-hmm. life, you're interested in, mm. you know, doing this and that and other. And you keep yourself fit and you do things. You mm-hmm. give back, you have service, you you have some wisdom, mm. hopefully you have experience that you can pass on. And there's a whole world of things out there to do. So we gave a fashion show mm. uh, in November and it went over so well. People asking us, you know, come by. So right. we're planning another one, I guess, around May. Yay! Yeah. And it was interesting because although we said sex after 60, every time I tell somebody young about it, they're just as enthusiastic about it as we right. are. Right. And we right. were talking about it at our meeting <clears throat> the other day uh, about how the younger women was so excited because they came <laughs> in, they have their mothers or their grandmothers mm-hmm. do their makeup and the style of the clothes and the cool. hair. And it's like bringing people together. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, fine. This is something else that's really good. That's I wonderful. That. I love, love that. I mm-hmm. got to give a shout out to a set of artists, some young cats. Some of them are from Detroit. Uh, some are from New York. And there's a big New York-Detroit alliance that we're working on. Mm-hmm. So I want to. I got to shout out my man Damo, originally from Shy in New York. Cypher 7000 here, man Oliver. 
uh, Damon St. Cloud, my man Brazil out on the West Coast. We got my man Boldy James here. Mm-hmm. Cousin Sterling Toes. Everybody loves Sterling. Mm-hmm. He's like Chris. Everybody loves Sterling. Uh, <laughs> Adiana Ross, Ken Brisbane, B Hoodie, my man Clay Moski down in Cleveland, Teak, G Thousand, Paparazzi, Dane Uno, who's rocking out in Japan right now. Mm. Uh, man, here in the city, Marv One and VC Beats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! All, of, the, shout out. all mm-hmm. of these, all these cats. You, if you haven't heard of them, you will be hearing about them in the year to come mm-hmm. via this uh, these electro funk projects. Yes. Okay, and uh, you know they'll they'll be making some moves. They'll be dropping some bombs. Definitely. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you do? Are you? And you're doing the professional development series? Yes. Yes. Um, the which we talked about previously. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing the um, the Bandages Alliance here in Detroit. Hopefully getting it kicked off next month. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a regular bi-monthly series. Which I can't even say series. Regular bi-monthly session mm-hmm. uh, for people behind the scenes on the music business. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a chance to learn best practices, current practices in various areas, whether it's management, whether it's publishing, whether it's artist rights and mm-hmm. you know collecting royalties. All those things are going to be encompassed in that situation. So. Very nice stuff. People need, uh, yeah, desperately, mm-hmm. desperately. We all need. It. I mean, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit has talent upon talent. Mm-hmm. There's not only regular musical talent here, singers, rappers, musicians. There's there's actually potential executive talent here. It's just a matter of knowing the way to go, being shown the way to go, pathways. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and people people just don't know that, or don't, and don't have access to those who do know. So, right, yeah, I'm we're, very, we're trying to make that. Yeah, I'm very interested in, in coming to something like that. I have a couple friends that I know would be interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then mm-hmm. make sure we we stay up with that information. No, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So, that. what's next for you, Miss Brittany? What's next for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, whoa. Well, you're still working on we, your film. Hey, can we talk I about gotta, that Grand Rapids connection? I'm really interested in that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Believe, it or, not, like believe it or not, Grand Rapids, the pocket of black people that are there remind me a lot of Detroiters because of their, their talent. They're very talented, okay. humble people, mm. good people. And I feel the same way about the people, if you think about it. That's where Floyd Mayweather came from, to be honest. And you right. can hate Floyd. I'm not a fan of Floyd, but that that hard work, a dedication, 40-some mm-hmm. years, no mm-hmm. drinking, no smoking, early morning workouts. You got to give us props Draymond Green from, uh, from Flint. Okay. Uh, you know, Saginaw. I mean, all those places where pockets of black people are in Michigan, there's there's talent. There's mm-hmm. Benton Harbor. Ben, yeah, Muskegon, mm-hmm. Kalamazoo. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And like, shouts out to Ipsilani. Ipsy. Ipsy right? The black people in Ann Arbor. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, I really, really, really am. Uh, this, my my film that I'm that I'm working on, been mm-hmm. working on, is is what's, what's going on. I would love for you both to be in it. Okay. Oh. She's interviewing it's, people. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's, on, it's, based, it's based off my perspective of Detroit. We all have different perspectives. You mentioned it. You mentioned it that. We're one of the few places where there all the different types of black people exist. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, we all have our own perspective of Detroit. So I think mine is interesting. And, and your gotten, pizza. It's gotten even more interesting through me knowing Piper. I don't think she'll ever know what Sunday did for me. Oh, that's great. It was, that's wonderful. It was ama- on, on a lot of different levels. But <clears throat> the other thing is, is the pizza. <laughs> I want to open up a pizzeria, like a, oh, like a like the 
the Sal's Pete, the black version of Sal's Pizza. Okay, okay. Black people, are you going, are you going, are you black people on the wall. Okay, <laughs> right, I'm gonna right, have a yeah. few walls. I got right, a collection yeah. of art yeah. of just black women. Good. So I'm gonna have a black women wall. Good. I'm gonna have, I have to have a. I'm gonna have. It's. I'm not gonna give you too much vision. I have it. But she's having an opening. Oh cool. well, I'm having a taste party. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so that'll be that'll be July 28th. I like pizza. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you gotta come. Like pizza, man. But yeah. send out. It'll be about thirty of us eating. Thirty <laughs> selected people and all exclusive make, and everything. Well, that's how you gotta do it, y'all. Y'all yeah. taught me that. You gotta have some, make it a little exclusive, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then make everybody want to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so, so cool. So yeah, I'm just I'm I'm floating. I'm a I'm a floater in life, but another another great Detroit group. <laughs> it is, it is. The, the Detroit they were originally the Detroit know floaters. That. You know, know that. that that's proof's daddy. I, what? Wow. Yeah, in mean, the floaters, that's proof's daddy. Wow. Yeah. I said it to say that. Proof. Wait a second. I'm what? Which one was he? Was he Larry? Was he Larry? Larry. Cancer. I'm cancer. And my name is Larry. <laughs> Larry. But he said it, Larry. My name is Larry. I'm a floater in, in uh, structure. I like to bend the two together. But I want to talk about the last thing I want to say is, is shout out to y'all chemistry because I was also a basketball player and I love my mom and I love my dad. But my mom, sometimes parents, they love you and they see they they see themselves and you and they don't want you to make the same mistakes they made. And then they want you to fit and they want they don't want you to struggle in this American society. So when you have a parent that you call to and you say, I want to do this, I want to do that. And they, they, they remove those feelings to really see who you are mm-hmm. and to bring that spirit and that soul to everyone else. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yes. shout out to you, you know, to, and to have a balance to know, and I'm sure it, it intertwines and that could be what helps the relationship. I don't know, but it's good. It seems that you guys have a good um, barriers up into your relationships the well, same way Nina was saying right. about y'all friendship and y'all mm-hmm. working relationship. I know, I, I know that's a weird. Well, can't, can't never say it. Mm-hmm. Can't, I can't say it's never dicey, but you know, I, I have to I have to give complete ultimate props to my mom for always trying to be supportive mm-hmm. of my crazy ass endeavor. I'm a, I'm an Aquarian, so you know we're all over. When's your birthday? We're, we're like. Sixth of February just passed. Okay, happy birthday! So, so I'm Aquarian. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're we're spaced out. We're you know we're we're always off on other tangents and doing yeah. strange and odd stuff. And I'm Aquarius too, so right, right. So you know yeah. that you know mm-hmm. we do we're doing the strange and odd thing. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you! So Thank you know you. to someone who 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 you know allows you some space to run with that, allows you to play with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the black kid that was skateboarding. I was the black mm-hmm. kid that was building model cars. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the black kid that was doing just, you know, really off the beaten path sort of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, to to have someone who's closest to you say, all right, you can do that mm-hmm. without a lot of judgment and chastisement. It's a it's a major thing, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. and it and it gives you it gives you the the ability and the idea that hey, I can go out and do whatever, mm-hmm. and hopefully be successful at it. That's so cool. So yeah, and it, it, it doesn't happen often. And I, I think that's actually from from my friends. That's a large part of why they like. Like, yeah, your mom is so cool. She, mm-hmm. you know, she talks about whatever. She knows all this stuff. She lets yeah. you know. They don't feel judged mm-hmm. about the things they talk about or the ideas they have. And mm-hmm. you know, that's it's a rare thing. Yeah, it's a rare thing. So 
Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm very, 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 very fortunate in that respect. So. That's great. I love that. Well, thank you, mm-hmm. Mom. But thank you for being my son. You know, you've been a joy to me, and I I really appreciate the fact that you've been my life. But I have to say, uh, I tried, my endeavor was to raise him to be able to deal with any and everybody. Mm. And I told him early on that if you cannot, I'm raising you so that if things do not work in this country for you, you can go anywhere in the world Mm. and and look anybody in the eye. Mm. and I have to say this too, the other criteria I had is that I wanted him to be the type of man that if I had a daughter, I would want him, my daughter, to be with. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that works out, yeah. there, but I don't know. You know <laughs> I, that, that was a criteria, but I, there were certain criteria I had from him. And the other thing was, and I, and I have to say this because I really dislike when I hear Black parents tell their kids, you have to be better, twice as good as white folks. I think we do them a disservice Mm. because we already come here better than they are. And if you tell your kids you got to be twice as good as somebody, that means they are always trying to play catch up. Because Mm. every time something happens, they are going to be changing the field. When they say make the field level field, they mean to make it level for them again. They don't mean make it level for you. So if you, they used to have a commercial that come on that says, uh, uh, I think it was Hertz. We're, what, number two? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we try harder because, you know, <laughs> yeah. we try harder because number two. Mm-hmm. So now if you are, tw- I got to be worked to be twice as somebody else, you're going to always be behind. That's very mm. true. So, Tell your kids to be the best that you are mm. because then you're only competing with yourself. Right. You're being who you're supposed to be. You're not trying to be twice as good as somebody. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I don't like that. Another thing I can stand is when uh, black parents always tell the kids uh, they are our future. <laughs> because, they are now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because we as people have been brainwashed to think uh, always in the future. It's coming in the future. Mm-hmm. It's coming in the future. The promised and we, land. And, and we put off mm-hmm. doing anything because we are <coughs> planning for the future. It's coming mm-hmm. for the future. You know, like it's the Mexican always say. the children right. are the future. So you're not going to try as hard to do anything for it. But if you, you look at your children as your present and your now, mm-hmm. you have to do something now to Prepare them for whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Mexicans always say the, the funny thing, you know, Mayana, Mayana. Mm-hmm. That's the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things I've tried to endeavor to so raise no here with. Mm-hmm. You know, now no we're we all going to make mistakes and everything, but there are certain things we don't have to in, uh, indoctrinate our kids with to make it harder. Mm-hmm. And those are the, some things I think we do to make it harder for our kids to succeed. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was beautiful. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we so got so we, much more work to do. So can we, uh, if if you want to reach. Yes. Well, I'm about the uh, music tours. Yes. You yes. can find her on Facebook at Detroit Music Tours. Okay. I think you should be able to search that and that comes up. Detroit Music yeah. Tours. Okay. Right. And wor- Francis Worthy. Right. Francis Worthy. can also be reached, reached, reached at Worth. 23, 23 carat, K-A-R-A-T, at Yahoo. At Yahoo. 
worth twenty three <coughs> carat. Yes. At right. Yahoo. Right. You can uh-huh. get me at on Instagram at Rhythm Alchemy, R H Y T H M A L C H E M Y. Also at Hot Wax on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And also at organization underscore black underscore designers and direct via email at rhythmalchemy at gmail. I'm sorry, rhythmalchemy exp. Okay. at gmail.com. Or you can always reach us through the wonderful Piper, Piper Carter podcast. Okay. They'll surely relay Definitely. the information. And yes, Brittany, the- you know, she doesn't do um, social media. Oh, really? She's a non-social media millennial. Wow. Well, I, I, hey, I was trying to be in that, but they kept pulling me. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the, my thing was www.facebook.com mm-hmm. forward slash mm-hmm. Detroit with a capital D, music with a capital M, and tours with a capital T. Mm-hmm. And but that's our word. Detroit music tours. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you for that. Yes. So, Brittany, you like you like a like a white rhino. Yeah, a millennial that's not on social media. Piper, she doesn't like it. It's, wow, it's I love it. I'm just I have to do the things that make me feel good on the inside. I like that. Media, I like that. Just, it, you don't I, have to. It's not mandatory. I like that. Mm, it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get it. I get it. First, pi- yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We're opposites. I'm a. I'm a generation. I'm a Gen X social media. I use social well, media they, like I'm 12 years old. You can do it all for her. <laughs> she does. Yeah, she's amazing at it. She got like the best Instagram page I've ever seen in my life. Okay. I've been shouting out people all day. <laughs> I just, you she know, like look at this little girl that's in East Lansing doing amazing stuff. I'm like, how did you find this little girl? I just love Instagram. Really? I do. I love the pictures. I love the videos. You use it as well, a look, resource. Look at Erica. Erica's like queen of queen she's of a queen social of media. Instagram. She, she kills I it out there. Love her Instagram personality. <laughs> she kills it out there. <laughs> it is so Lord. cool, that's and she's so creative. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, this has been a great show. Huh? Thank, Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you both for or, and, you know and, and shout out to sisters, sisters all over the world for Women's History Month. Also, oh God, get out there and make get out there and make some history. And yeah. and and also on the eighth because this show is gonna be you know airing through that time is uh it's it's, it's a celebration of women around the world and the contributions of women around the world. And so you said uh, women creating caring communities, and that is going to be at the UAW, yes? Yeah, UAW, a local 600, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Off, off Jefferson. Dick's Road, no. Dick's oh, Road. oh, further oh, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's off Dick's Road. Right. Okay, right. okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the time? 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Oh, that's okay. Nice. I've, it's, it's I've been free, a keynote there before. Free breakfast and free lunch. You can't beat that. Ooh. Google it. It's. It, it, I did see it. It's online mm-hmm. with the uh, um, River Riverwise River Detroit. Riverwise, right. okay. yeah. Yeah, Riverwise Detroit. Okay. And shouts out to Riverwise. And then we want to, you know, just remind everyone: send Mama Lila's family, mm. yeah. Mama Lila Cabell's family, lots of love. We appreciate all of Definitely. your contributions, Mama Lila. We love you. Yes, we do. And just appreciate you sharing the, the legacy of Rosa Parks and your history and just your work with the water movement and racial equity. And we just have to, you know, continue to do that work that you laid the groundwork for. So we appreciate you. And send your family, your daughter, everyone lots of love, you know? Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have been listening 
to the Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different. Go to DetroitIsDifferent.com or you can go to any of your streaming services to listen to Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is different. I've been so entwined. I'm going out of my mind. I'm going out of my mind. Looking for my shine. Forgot to use mine. Forgot to use my shine. It took me some time to get into the design. It might take some time. But now I'm just right. That's right. Wake up in the morning, do my makeup. Every other hustle for the cake up. Back and forth, I'm struggling to stay up. Seeing all my homies pass me by, and I'm like, wait up. But life is for the living, and this game is for the players. Time to take a leap, spread wings, catch some air. Cause who said life is fair? Had my struggles with despair. Had to step up out the shadows, leave it there. Where, when, and why only meant that I decide. That's right, that's right, that's right. Said, I've been so entwined. I'm going out of my mind. I'm going out of my mind. Looking for my shine. Forgot to use mine. Forgot to use my shine. It took me some time to get into the design. It might take some time. But now I'm just right. Just right. Now I'm just right. Now I'm with a fine tooth home, I had to pick it, whip it, smack it up, flip it, strip it, right down to that primitive shit. Only can feed when I'm killing it, that's as real as it gets. If it's about me, then I'd probably succeed. But the seeds need more than ever before. So I tighten up my laces just to show them the score. I'm at least poor board since my number is four. Was a poor little rich girl, but this world will either make or break you. And since I know I'm capable, I'ma put my cape on and save a few of those on some unbeknownst. Set a goal and smash Put some money in some hands of my own If they ask, I'm just making it known uh, uh, I said I've been so inclined I'm going out of my mind I'm going out of my mind Looking for my shine Forgot to use mine Forgot to use my shine It took me some time to get into the design It might take some time But now I'm just right That's right But now I'm just right Work a day job, stay sharp. No need to play God, it's sure. Make your mark. Ay, ay. For all my people, feeling like we go, we go. Too hard to work a day job, stay sharp. No need to play God, it's sure. Make a mark. Ay, ay. For all my people, feeling like we go too hard to work a day job, stay sharp. No need to play God, it's sure. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.